Hey guys, welcome to Bagging the Broadcast, episode number 547. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, where we have no news this week because it was Christmas week. It was Christmas week. Nobody's doing anything. No. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 3rd, 2024. It's... End of the year, start of a new year, and thus being the end of the year, that means it's time for our annual look back, where we're going to be talking about the comic books that we read, not last month, but over the course of the year, as well as our favorite movies, TV shows, maybe video games, I don't know if we want to, we do that on and off, uh, our favorite beers, and then, you know, maybe something that we came into this year a little bit late with our late to the party review. Yeah, Paul, so you're taking a sip of a beer. Is the mm-hmm. beer you're drinking going to be one of your favorites for this year? Because you can still get it in under the wire. It can under happen. the wire. It is. This is a good Christmas beer. It's at 12.8%. So it's definitely in that Mad Elf territory. Where Mad Elf is what, 11 or 13? It's a, it's well, something like Mad, that. that. It's yeah, high. But then from the thing that's like the Madder Elf is the... From Trog's uh, Brewery. It's that cherry blended dark fruit... Um, Christmas ale. This is Founders, but I'm not here to talk about Mad Elf because I'm not drinking that right now. I'm drinking from Founders Brewery from their Barrel Age series. Ginger, spice, barrel, and nice. This is Barrel Age barley wine. Is it almost barley wine season? I believe it is. Uh, with ginger, cinnamon, and clove. And this delivers all those Christmassy ginger, cinnamon, and clove flavors. Barley wine is a nice vehicle. Just kind of hangs out, mellow in the background, delivers some sweetness to all that spicy richness. And, uh, yeah, it is a darn tootin' good Christmas ale. Uh, at 12.8%, you might only want to have one of these at a time. That's why I still have one <laughs> to drink for the podcast. <laughs> Picked up a four-pack for uh, Christmas uh, for all the Christmas parties I was going to. And, uh, yeah, I have this one and at least one more. Yeah, I think I only have one more after this one. So out of the four pack, I only drank two of them over the past week, over the week, the course of the week. And I went to a bunch of Christmas shindigs. So that did require me to drink. Yeah, it was a nice beer. Yeah. I it's definitely one like I even if I finished it and I was like, I could I'd like another beer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a yeah. second one. Mm-hmm. It's enough for just like <clears throat> it's enough for what it is. Like I can have one. I can have one kind of after dinner aperitif kind of a thing. Um Yeah, it was nice. It's definitely not my favorite barrel aged beer that they've done. Mm. But what is your favorite beer that you're drinking right now? Uh I'm drinking from Prison City, uh, which has been my favorite brewery of the year. Uh, I am drinking their Riot in Maine. This is a double New England IPA coming at 8%. And they are using Citra Mosaic Simcoe in this. And this is just a really nice, really nice drinking IPA. Um, It's got a nice, like, they're using uh, English malt in it. And it has this really nice, rich body to it. It's really good. I'm liking it a lot. Hmm. Uh, you hit a lot of those notes with the beer that I'm also drinking because 
I too am drinking a double dry hopped hazy New England IPA from Prison City. But this is their Riot in Vermont, 7.2% ABV, uh, sent to me by Paul, should I say, a listener. <laughs> well, I don't listen to this show, even when I'm on it. So probably not. Sent to us by a, a fan of the podcast. There we go. Um, uh, but no, everything that you said, like this is nice, crispy, super drinkable. Um, this one, Citra and Mosaic hops. So it's missing the Simcoe. And I can't remember if you said something else after that. No, but. it's the Citra and Mosaic Simcoe. Uh, this is fantastic. I I really enjoyed this. So, Paul, thank you for, for <laughs> sharing with me, even though you don't have one for yourself. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, because this is great. And I look forward to uh, the other beers that I will be drinking as well tonight, also supplied by, uh, I'm not really a super friend of the show because you're one of the hosts. Yeah, you know, <laughs> by Paul. I, that's the level that I'm at. We've never, we've never and really set also, for ourselves because it's like us, and then producer Scott is like the next highest, and then it's super well, friend of the show. Right now, I think we friend got of the show. producer Scott, then Chris is co-host slash uh, social media. Uh, uh, Maven. Maven. There we go. Yeah. Czar. Whatever you want. Maven. I don't want to be a czar. Maven. Then uh, I was the editor for a while. That I stopped doing that. So now that's also Chris. So, <laughs> uh, and then uh, John's the beer guy. He used to be the movie guy. Now he's the. So beer Paul, guy. it sounds like you're removing yourself from the show. So. <laughs> I like that he also said, "Well, there's Scott." And then there's Chris. <laughs> there's producer Scott, you know, because that was easier to do. That's an easy title right there. Boom. Then there's Chris, co-host, but also social media maven. Then I was editor for a while. I stepped down from that role. Chris is now doing that. And uh, but we'll we'll edit when you want. Can do it anytime. Just got to re-download. Uh, Audacity. <laughs> so I had two versions of Audacity on my computer because. I downloaded an updated one because I was like, oh, I like this new one. Let me yeah. try that. And I accidentally deleted that one off. So I'm going to have to redownload it again tonight. So I will not be editing this tonight. It'll probably be tomorrow afternoon. But you know what? We got we got a week to put it out. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. We're recording this one in advance, not the day of. <laughs> wow. And that's that, why guys. you became the editor, because it was like, all right, well, I'm not working tomorrow, so I can post it like while I'm I'm like, wow. OK, cool. Yeah, I would. So just I here's how it's been the past couple of weeks. Like I drink like my four, five, six beers, whatever. Like the yep. like two, three weeks ago when I had like the like the fourteen percent, the twelve percent, the eleven percent, and like the thirteen percent again. Um, after we finished recording, I edited the podcast and then I played Magic the Gathering for like two hours. Then I was like, I need to go to sleep because I had to get up in the morning to work. I suffer for you guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And you're welcome to I'm such a fan of Prison City. That's I'll send it to you. So you're welcome. Hey, it's uh, kind of hey, like a gift for hey, me too. Hey, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. <sighs> uh but like Paul said, no no real news. I don't think we have anything. Um so that's gonna take us right into the uh, the list. Yeah. yeah. The books that we are looking to forward to coming out January third, twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's it's that time of the year. We yes. just flip the calendar. 
so Paul, uh, you're looking for a, a new number one or a series that you've been keeping <laughs> up on? Uh, it's a series that I'm going to go back and look at because I didn't realize this book was coming out. So this is Star Wars, The High Republic, Shadows of Starlight. Number four is coming out, but this basically is following uh, Marshawn Rowe in the one year in that one year that got jumped during um, <clears throat> phase one to phase three. Because for whatever reasons, the Star Wars, the High Republic, they decided to do phase one which was leading up to the uh, burning this, the creation of Starlight Beacon and the crashing of Starlight Beacon. That was phase one. And phase two, they jumped back like a couple, they jumped back a couple hundred years, even further back into the High Republic uh, to to set off uh, a new storyline that does, does eventually, I guess, tie into what's happening in the current. And then phase three happens, and it's a year after uh, the crashing of Starlight Beacon. So this comic book series is following uh, what happened during that year with Marshawn Rowe. Hmm. So I'm interested to see that. I did get another Star Wars The High Republic book, uh, The Path of Deceit, uh, for Christmas. So I'm excited to read that as well. I still need to to finish Path of the Jedi. Yep. Uh, You got Gathering The second one? Is the second one of the first phase. phase okay, one. yeah, that yeah, that's the one. Then. I don't I don't remember the names of these books because there's and there's also so much Star Wars content. Like there's oh. and I, this isn't like a New Year's resolution, but like I always tell myself like oh most of the Star Wars comic books have been great. Like the ongoing ones that I liked, I really want to keep up with, and I just haven't. So I always think oh I'll just buy the trades when they go on sale through Comicsology and. I just never have because I have so much other stuff that I'm still reading and trying to keep up with that that list just gets ever longer and longer. And it's hard when you keep finding more stuff that you want to keep reading. Yeah, it is long and hard. Yeah, it's so difficult. (laughs) John is writing that down. John's writing that down. Uh, Uh. Because some of the yeah. new books that I started picking up this year, like I, I'm, I really want to keep up with. And like, there's things like Noctera. Like, I still have the trade yeah. next to me from when we read it like two weeks ago. Like, this is a book that I want to keep going on with. And well, I'm happy means... to keep on reading that as long as it finishes by by the end of trade three. I, maybe trade four, but that's it. That's that's all he's got. I, I still have the uh, the House of X, Powers of X. It's not an omnibus, but it's I think it's like the first 12 issues of all that crossover stuff sitting mm-hmm. on my shelf next to me. That's like, I got to read that, too. Like I started reading it on my birthday, but I just I didn't keep going after that. High Republic. I was also excited for Star Wars wise because I thought, oh, they have a, a complete story. They got planned out and we'll get that story. I, it, phase two made me really nervous that they're like, oh, no, we're just going to keep on throwing things underneath the High Republic banner. And it does seem like, yeah, you know, with the comic books and also the books and the young adult novels, where there is too much content for me to keep up on. But I'm going to try at least a. But I'm I'm so far behind now yeah. on it that that I'm like, okay, well, I'll just read what I can when I when I can when I want. Like it's there, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not like I'm part of this 
great, you know, big Star Wars fan community that's talking about the books constantly. That's hyped and like. I'm not getting spoiled. There's no. It's not like a Star Wars movie where there's spoilers for this stuff everywhere. Yeah. No, like, that's very true. So it's so I can take it at my own pace and it's fine. So Especially yeah, if they're jumping course. around in the story too, like if they're telling different tales in that era. Issue four is yeah. coming out. I've heard nothing about issue one, so I'm I'm cool. So It'll what be better story. place to jump in? I can I can wait for the trade, and that's basically what I'm saying. This is my pick. But honestly, it's going to be the wait for the. But hopefully, with issue four, that means the trade's coming soon. So pick it up then, John. What are you excited for, buddy? Uh, I'm looking forward to Vengeance of the Moon Knight number one. Um, <clears throat> this is mm. taking place after there was a switch up with uh, Moon Knight and other people have took over the mantle. Um, but this is. Uh, Black Spectre, uh, who is um, still part of the Midnight Mission and where the mission, how the Midnight Mission is going to pick up the pieces after all the stuff that happened with the switching of the mantles of Moon Knight. And uh, this is written by Jed McKay in art by Alessandro Cappuccino. Mm-hmm. It's just Cappuccino. Wait till you see what it costs. It's just one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from Arrested Development. Mm. Sorry. And that guy became our news anchor in Buffalo. That's great. Uh, What's his name? Ed Beard. Yeah. John Beard. John Beard. Uh, What did you ask Paul? I'm sorry. Sorry. It's the fourth or fifth uh, Moon Knight number one that you'll be picking up in as many years. Uh, I mean, at least two a year. Yep. I usually I, I like there are some really good Moon Knight books. <laughs> there are some not so good Moon Knight books. Uh, that Bendis one, not a good one. You know what? I reread that Bendis one. It's actually really good. But okay. I, I we all read it and I would agree that I was like, oh, I don't really like this. But I read it before I became a Moon Knight fan mm. and realized that Moon Knight's fucking nuts. And after I started reading Moon Knight and I went back and read that, it was actually a really solid Moon Knight story. Because he's crazy. But then it's like, is he crazy? Does he really talk to this god? Does he really get these powers? And in that, he he made him a lot more crazy because he was seeing hallucinations of the Avengers giving him tasks that turned to be uh, Kushnu whatever is the god is that Kanchu. Kanchu. that's the only thing i remember from the uh marvel uh the disney plus series so i i i it's a character that i just i really enjoyed dipping my toe into i thought the jeff lemire was it jeff lemire or yeah jeff lemire uh his his um his moon knight run was really good and um did Aaron do one? Oh, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis's run was really good. That's where he created the Mr. Moon Knight thing where he's wearing the white suit and everything. Those are all really good. Um I don't remember if Jason Aaron did uh Jason Aaron I think did the one where it was tied in with the Avengers and he was going around and he was stealing all the 
mystical artifacts from people. Like he took Thor's hammer. He took the eye of uh, 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 from um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think Jason Aaron did that run. But even my boy Colin Bunn did a really good run. He's one of your guys. He's one of my boys. So uh, yeah, I don't I. I haven't read a lot from Jed McKay. I did like all of the stuff that he did at Boom Studios for their Magic the Gathering comics. Like, even though they were in their own kind of sort of connected continuity to the actual game storyline, they definitely stood on their own. And I like that. I'm sad that that comic book wrapped up because I I really enjoyed it. What are you Chris. enjoying to read this week? Well, boys, you can't all throw it to me at once. Hold up. Uh, and, and, but Paul also forgot how to speak English to throw that at you. <laughs> I just forgot syntax. I had a syntax error. That's all. Uh, to go so, along with your hard drive error? <laughs> yep. So I'm actually picking up a book that came out yesterday. No, two days ago as we're recording this. Um, reason I'm bringing it up is because the third is actually a very slow week for me. I only have one actual comic book coming out. Uh, but this is something that I want to pick up because this is actually going to be the book that we will be sitting down to talk about for the monthly look back uh, as my pick for December. And this is Duke number one coming out from Image Comics. And this is part of the not uh, the Energon universe. I couldn't remember what uh, Robert Kirkman was calling it. But this is the new imprint from Skybound Comics that's tying in G.I. Joe with Transformers. Uh, and this is focusing on the man himself, Duke, um, spinning out of Transformers. It's him uh, going back to G.I. Joe with news about what he's seen and the new threats that are going to be coming out. So being written by Joshua Williamson, art by Tom Riley. I've never been a big G.I. Joe fan. Like, I've had my dalliances with them as a kid, like watching the cartoons, getting some G.I. Joes for Christmas. But even when we've read G.I. Joe comics like there's never been anything that's really grabbed me about it and i know larry hama who has written like i think almost every single gi joe comic book that's ever came out like i know people people love it but it just yeah. it's never clicked for me and it could be because i just didn't grow up with that affinity for these characters but i've really been enjoying the energon universe stuff transformers is a heck of a lot of fun void rivals is kind of scratching <laughs> that saga itch until i catch up with reading actual saga that's another one that's on the list uh but yeah duke number one glad to pick this up and uh hopefully it it delivers on everything else that i've been enjoying from energon so far yeah i'm looking forward to reading it because i was a huge gi joe fan and i have uh i have the first 24 or 36 straight issues of the original G.I. Joe run, maybe like minus one or two in there. Mm. Um, and I used to read those all the time as a kid. I reread them as an adult and was like already had a love for G.I. Joe, but was like, these are really, really good. Um, and then I just have mixed ones from there. But a lot of times when G.I. Joe's come back and they've been picked up by were, they kind of bounced around from different, um, uh, I want to distributors, Marvel, different, com different I, comic IDW, companies. Yeah, they restart, and I think they've had a couple different writers here or there, but 
I I have dipped my toe back into them a couple times, but the last few times I haven't. So I am looking forward to to picking this up again because I do love I do love GI Joe. You know Hopefully what you can say? GI Joe is there. Yeah. Cobra. <laughs> That's from the movie. Whenever there's trouble, GI Joe is there. GI Joe. And I do have like my ringtone for the last twelve or more years is um, from the uh, PSAs when they make up um, they made up those things. It's the mm-hmm. the doc one where he sings reggae. So I didn't know people still did like custom downloadable. I don't know. Uh, people I, just don't have their phones on silent all yeah. the time. People I laugh when they hear my ringtone because it's the default ringtone of like Hello Moto, and I'm like, yeah, I keep it oh. on silent on just vibrate only. Well, Chris, well, hold on. You got to tell me that you're going to call me because my my phone is on silent. Oh, oh, it's <laughs> on silent now. My wrist right, now, will notify me, me that I'm getting. Me, now give me a buzz. All right, story checks out. <laughs> See you to, to, um, to fact check John live on the show. I've always said that um, about Chris. Chris is just I've like Ronald that, Reagan. I, Trust but verify. I've, I've had that also, as my ringtone. I love ringtone. jelly beans. I've had that as my ringtone for, for years, probably like over a decade. That's been my, my ringtone. Probably 15 years. I don't. Whenever, I think I had like a T Mobile, like T yeah, Mobile. Yeah. Um. And nobody's ever got that, but my Try It salesman, my one beer salesman, my phone rang, and he's like, after I got off the phone, he was like, was that from the PSAs? And I was like, yeah. He goes, I loved watching those. He goes, every once in a while, I watch. Oh shit! You guys gotta get out of here. What are you doing? Fucking go. But uh, that was like the culmination of having that for 15 years and one person rec- <laughs> recognizes it. Uh, it worked out. It worked out for me. I'm I'm happy. But also, it drives my wife nuts. She hates it. And I don't know why, but it just there's no reason to change it because yeah. you know, it, it bugs it bugs her for some reason. You've had a longer relationship with that ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> we had with your wife. So, let's be fair, the ringtone comes first, because yeah. it arrived first. Yeah. Take me or leave me, babe. Ringtone's always been there for me. <laughs> you know, what time whenever one there's trouble, G.I. Joe is there. Do we want to do our uh, our next beers? Yeah. I'm Paul's... drinking 12.8, so I'm going to skip out on the next one. I'll pick you guys up on the third. Okay. So, John, why don't you uh, start this one off? Because uh, I need to reacclimate myself to this one. Yeah. From Down East Cider Company, I am drinking their maple waffle cider. And, yeah, this tastes <laughs> this tastes like maple waffles. Like, it has that, like, ego waffle taste with a really nice maple that m- melds well with that cider. Um 
it's really good. Like I down east usually nails their flavors. Uh, I had like their um, slushy ones over the summer on the show. They had a red slushy, a blue slushy. I had those. I've had a couple other flavors on the show. Um, but yeah, this one's just really good. It, it really nails that flavor. Good job, Down East. Chris, you're having uh you're having a beer from Buffalo. I, I am having a Buffalo beer, and this is the uh Buffalo Naked Lollipop from Froth Brewing. 7.2% ABV and it it's at 7.2% very well because it's like it Yep. It is opaque. It's opaque, but also it's like a it's bluish green, and I feel like it's supposed to be more like blue raspberry blue but it's like straight up like a darker tint baja blast like green almost uh but it it's my very, name's chris and i can see all the colors look at me describing colors oh sorry paul let me explain for you uh it's gray <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how, i don't know how you see it <laughs> um uh, i just want to say dark. I, <laughs> I had a lady who I was helping find beer the other day. And she's like, do you have this beer? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, my son said it was purple. And it's like, well, the purple box is the, it was Sierra Nevada's like hazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, they have their big hazy, which is purple. And she's like, oh, let me call him. I, this kid's colorblind. <laughs> so she calls him and she's like, is it this beer or this beer? And she's like, well, this beer is like turquoise. It's green. No, it's not purple. The purple one's this. You want this one? She hangs up. She's like, both my kids, I swear, are colorblind. They don't understand it. And I was like, oh, man, I got a friend who's colorblind. He's just a, I, like at first we thought he was just always cheating because he'd be like, oh, my, I got this. And then I go, oh, uh, but then he makes this crazy statement like, hey, guys. We're all wearing brown shirts, and nobody was wearing a brown shirt. He wasn't even wearing a brown shirt. And she's like, why do they make statements like that? I was like, I don't know. These They're, they're nuts. Colorblind people are crazy. Because he goes through the world. <laughs> and everybody describes Paul, everything by color first. Yeah, Paul doesn't see the world in black and white. Yeah. Oh, great. Shades of, shades of red and orange. Oh. You know, this time of year, it's after after the holidays when everybody's just kind of miserable because they, 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 all the weather is just like gray, hazy. That's me all the time, baby. It's the world. <laughs> Paul, Paul doesn't understand why everyone gets so excited about fall. He's like, that's just what leaves look like. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't changed. Oh, there's so many times we're driving around. And Kate's like, oh, these leaves. Oh, they're so gorgeous. And I'm like, cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, what am I supposed to say? I mean, one of the great things in life is fall when you drive around and you're like, oh, man, the, the foliage. It just is beautiful. Look at all those. Look at all the colors. It's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish cool. I could give that to you, Paul. Cool. <laughs> Paul, you got to get those uh, the special glasses. that Most of the time... Like people say, listen. The only this people guy that say even that spend money for a Ziploc bag, I... he's not going to spend money to see color. Most of the time, but I, I've also heard that 
majority of people that say they worked were paid to say they worked. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, they they, they didn't make any difference. So, well, I think it depends what what's how which yeah. what colors you're colorblind to. I don't know. I don't believe they're so expensive. That, you know, three hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, I think is way too much to spend on a gamble for it. This is a person that only plays the lottery when it hits a billion dollars. Because I'm like, well, at that point, I might as well spend two dollars. And I only buy one ticket because why would he buy a second ticket? One of them is guaranteed to lose. That's how the lottery works, everybody. That's, that's how it works. Just buy one ticket. I remember you telling me to buy two tickets because you double your chances of winning. No. Have you changed that much, Paul? Yes. You double your chances point zero 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 one to point zero 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 two. But yeah, Buffalo naked lollipop. Twelve point eight percent. It seven point two percent here. Um, it it tastes like the blue part of a bomb pop. Like it's that kind of like tart blueberry. Like it's not. I was expecting it to be more like one of their like smoothie sours. Yeah, but, that's, well, that's why this is with froth. But so the naked part of this is the sour with the fruit flavoring, but without all the smoothie to it. Mm. But it's still I'm good. Sorry. It's still very no. It's still very big, very flavorful. And again, who who doesn't love a bomb pop? Because I was between sending you this or the Raptar, which is the you know uh, Rugrats Raptar oh, that's, that's character cool. on the can, and I'm like. Okay, I think Chris would enjoy a Reptar can, but it was like a, a like an IPA, and I wasn't sure how we felt about the froth IPAs. Froth IPAs are hit or miss. Yeah, so I was like, I'll go with the Lollipop series, and I didn't even know that it didn't have the smoothie part of it. No, because I'm like, you know, I again, I haven't had a lot of experience. When I saw it, it was like one of their Lollipop stars, like that's kind of what I had built up in my mind just from like our visit there, but this still delivers just on that, that flavor. Like I, I was rolling the can in preparation for it. Then when I started pouring, I was like, Oh like, no, it's kind of more like a Berliner mm-hmm. ice kind of sour, but no, yeah. this is, this is great. So thank you, Paul. You're welcome. It, it has not, it has not changed my tongue. <laughs> nope. Now that I've like started taking a few more sips, I'm like, Hmm, how dyed is this? Not very. Yeah. You know what isn't dyed? My beard. <laughs> I had no idea how to actually translate to the dramatic reading because apparently I got it. I have to introduce it. And I have to remember new style. <clears throat> and now a dramatic reading from Sabrina, the teenage witch. Holiday special number one, page four, panel two. Sort of seems like they're the problem, and I'm over it. And that was a dramatic reading from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch Holiday Special, number one. Yeah. Did yeah. it. One take. One take. They're always one take. We don't, we don't put effort into this, guys. <laughs> and, all right, so let's start off with our next beer. <laughs> next beer. No. We'll get into the main topic because we got a yep. lot of stuff to talk about because, guys, we have Ooh. a whole year of pop culture that we got to get through now. And I'm hoping yeah. I remember more as we talk about it. 
because <laughs> guys tell you paul like i do a lot of reruns yeah but i also i keep it i keep a sheet in my notebook that i'm like all right anytime i watch a movie i write it down anytime I, we start a tv show i write it down it's the way to do it and i mean coming up for uh christmas i did get like a new notebook for ooh, this year's podcast. Yeah. So, what does it say? Oh, it, it says, says watch out for jumping frogs. It's all uh, oh. chocolate frog themed. Nice. Uh, stationary. And I have like a chocolate frog bookmark that I can keep my space for the episodes. But the very first page, like that's where I'm going to start writing down like the movies and everything else that I'm watching for this year, 2024. But guys, we got to look back on 2023 before I can start and watching I, anything. I got three more days until... 2024. Well, two more, right? Two yeah. days and an hour. But, and I mean, it's, minutes. yeah, it's 10:42 as of recording, so yeah. today is over. But we are a comic book podcast, so why don't we start off with our top three comic books that we read for this year? Yeah, uh, and I'll start with my number three, uh, and that is the Hunger in the Dusk. This was the fantasy book um, that we picked up where there was those different races that were elves and like these goblins or it was man and goblins who were coming together to fight this other mythological monster that was coming in and um, taking out characters. And it was a nice sword and sorcery book uh, that I, I enjoyed I really enjoyed and uh, I've stayed up on it. It hasn't been coming out as uh, I think number four is coming out. And I mean, we probably read the book like six months ago, if not longer. So it hasn't been coming out like a solid monthly book, but uh, everything that's been coming out, has been really good and I've liked it. Hmm. Yeah. I think I enjoyed this one. This is like the barbarian guy. It was like the, the orc girl, right? It was the orc girl, and she was kind of going to be the orc girl was going to go join these the the uh, what are they called? They have a cool name like um, seven. The I don't know, like the vagabond soldiers or whatever. But they're like one of the last group of these warrior warrior clans. Paul. Should start color coding my notes. My number three? Your number three. My number three is going to be a newer book on the series, but that's because I am very excited about what's happening with uh, the Dawn of DC. That's, this is bringing back characters that I recognize as characters that I recognize, and this is going to be Jay Garrick, the Flash. This definitely feels like it's the Jay Garrick that I grew up reading the Jerry Eric that I came back to comic books and was there. The elder statesman been around a while. Uh, he's back now. He's not like a young kid like they did with DC uh, rebirth, but he now has a kid. We read the first issue for uh, look back. I enjoyed it. I'm excited to see where the series progresses and goes to. Um, I was a little let down by Stargirl and the Lost Generation just because it was like kind of stuck in like just trying to get through to get to this point of oh now we're we reintroduce all these characters 
So uh, Stargirl and the Lost Generation had to crawl so Jay Garrick, the Flash, could run. So that's why that this is my book, my pick. So now that you're like kind of feeling the Jay Garrick stuff more, have you gone back to Stargirl and like Lost like children to no. like see like oh maybe now like it no there's no in Paul's mind there's no need to <laughs> I don't need they already explained to me how she came back yeah I'm star girl so I'm good I don't need that mm-hmm. I, I'm caught up <laughs> cliff notes baby <clears throat> Chris you're number three uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep along with you because I'm also gonna pick a book from DC as part of their Dawn of DC, and this is Joshua Williamson's Green Arrow, and Green Arrow is one of those comic book characters that I have always loved. Like he's always had the kind of like soft spot in my heart, and whenever there's a new Green Arrow book that comes out, I always pick it up. But it so very rarely delivers just on what I loved about that character. In, like, my my younger comic book reading days. And then even when we got back into comics and it was, like, the uh, the Judd Winnick, Phil Hester stuff, like, nothing's really, like, hit that target for me. But Joshua Williamson's doing it right now. And, like, this is an ongoing that I am going to continue picking up. And I, I'm absolutely loving his take on Ollie and, like, his extended family of vigilante, like, heroes. Like, it's just... It, it's working so well. Uh, the new issue that's coming out has Onomatopoeia coming back in. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about him uh, coming back from the Kevin Smith uh, quiver stuff. So, hell yeah. Let's go. John. Uh, my number two? No, talk about my book more. You're number two. <laughs> number two. Okay. I didn't know because I, I started. I didn't know if you wanted like Paul to start. Paul, what's your number two? And then we'll do Chris and then me. My number two is going to be the Fantastic Four. Uh, I think Ryan North is doing a great job with bringing this series back uh, to its like, hey, we're a family. And Reed is a great scientist. Great, you know, this, you know, and he can go crazy cosmic, crazy science. But the the linchpin, the, the, the keystone needs to be that he's doing all this in services of his family. Jonathan Hickman did a great job. I, I like the big science ideas, but he kind of like lost that thread that Reed wants to do this to, you know, ultimately to protect his family. And Ryan North is doing this whole thing right now where we just got the, the latest issue uh, what last week or two weeks ago where he's like, hey, this is it. Family's coming back together. They're going to arrive here back in at the Baxter building is going to pop up in front of us because the time dilation thing is going to be over now. And three, two, one. And then spoilers, uh, you know, the Baxter building doesn't show up because Reed wants to protect his family, but then fails in some way. That's how the Fantastic Four got created. So exploring that like that's that's the his, his confidence and ego where he doesn't believe he could miscalculate is what's going to cause an issue. And I think Ryan North is uh, exploring this pretty well now. So fantastic. Fantastic four is my number two. Nice. Yeah. Back to me. Back to you. You're number two, yeah. Chris. Uh, I'm going to do a twofer on this one because 
both my books focuses on the same characters, just at different times in their lives, both from very different creators, but both of them are still capturing the essence of these characters so well that it works. Because I'm going to go with that one-two punch of DC's Titans and then also World's Finest Teen Titans. Uh, Titans being done by Tom Taylor, World's Finest Teen Titans being done by uh, Mark Waid. World's Finest Titans actually wrapping up. I didn't realize it was a miniseries. And when I found that out, like literally when the the final issue was coming out, I was like, oh, man, really? Because absolutely loving World's Finest. I think that was one of my picks for last year's annual look back. It's like one of my favorite books. And he's captured that magic again with um, <clears throat> Manuel Lupacino on art, where it's just so bright and fun and so referential and like nostalgic for what came before, but with like that updated modern sensibility that it just works so well. And then the flip side of this coin with the actual Tom Taylor Titans uh, art by Nicola Scott, where it's now the Titans as that marquee superhero group, like, picking up the slack from the Justice League. Now, it's, it's the Titans' time to shine in, like, the dawn of DC. And just them, I mean, first arc, like, trying to put out a fire in the rainforest, also trying to solve Flash's murder, all leading into, like, a big crossover event, Beast World, that's launching, like, right now. Uh, it's the Titans' time to shine, and I'm absolutely loving it because... A lot of these characters are my favorite versions of these characters. So, hell yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, my one, I agree, those are all really good books. <clears throat> no, John, I, I was just, you don't have to talk about my, my books after I'm done. You can pick your own stuff now. Like, I was just <laughs> joking that first time. I know, but I, I do want to say, like, both of those were have been really good. I haven't kept up on them, but they are both very good. But the thing that I've been reading a lot this year that I have been enjoying, and I didn't realize how much of a Scooby-Doo fan I am. <laughs> uh, my great. son is a Scooby-Doo fan. I've been watching a lot of the cartoons. I've been watching the Scoob movie. Uh, but I've been reading a lot of the DC Scooby-Doo mysteries, the team-up books with the superheroes and their books on their own. I actually read... Uh, a trade tonight with my son with uh, a werewolf. Um, and I've been reading a lot of Scooby-Doo this year. And it they are really good. They're really well done. The DC superhero crossover ones are really good. I almost picked the uh, this week or, or next week uh, is a Scooby-Doo book with Nightwing and Batman in it. And I almost picked that for my for my pick for the for the list um but yeah it's been they've been really fun and uh they're really well done and you think like oh it's gonna be schlocky and mm -hmm. stupid but they are kind of that but they're done with the sense of humor knowing that it's scooby-doo like it's a crappy cartoon from the 70s that i watched throughout the 80s all the reruns yeah when we it's, read that scooby-doo batman book like what, was that for our April Fools? Like, oh, let's yeah, the, it was it was fun. Like, it knew what it yeah. was, and it it hit that kind of like Batman and Robin, Super Friends meets meet Scooby Doo kind of no. But like, you know, again, the, the modern sensibility. Yeah, 
they've been really well done. I actually really like them. So, yeah, that's my pick. Chris, you're number one. Oh, gosh, I get to start off with number one. Uh, I kind of talked about this uh, with my pick for the list, but I'm I'm going Void Rivals. Hey. I think I've always had kind of a love-hate relationship with Robert Kirkman's writing. I mean, I was a fan of Invincible through and through, but Walking Dead, I've read that book for a hundred issues, I think, and the last 20 of the ones that I read, I was like, I'm picking this up because I'm picking this up. That's the kind of comic book buyer Mm -hmm. that I was at the time. I was like, well, I've I've been reading The Walking Dead since it came out. Like, I should keep reading The Walking Dead. Like, but I wasn't enjoying it. I'm really enjoying Void Rivals and this creation of this new shared universe. And I think starting it off with Void Rivals, like this new property that launched and that twist of having like jet fire pop up, I, I was hooked. And if it had started off with Transformers number one and then Duke number one, I don't know if it would have had that same impact, but bringing me in with a new property that launches into this universe in such a way that I didn't see coming, like it really grabbed me and it made me excited for everything else that's coming out afterwards. So uh, I'm picking Void Rivals, but in a way it's, it's kind of the whole Energon universe because Transformers has been a lot of fun too. So yeah, uh, I'm going Void Rivals. Nice. Uh, my number one pick is um, something that we read for a trade and policy. And mm. I finished that trade and policy and then. Thank you, John. The next volume. I like and... coming through. I'm loving my pick. Of what, the Wildstorm universe is uh, Stormwatch. Stormwatch Volume One. I'm glad you finally finished Volume One, and now agree with me that it was worth the read. And this is something is killing the children. <laughs> um, absolutely loved it. I finished reading the trade a month ahead before we were actually supposed to review it, um, and immediately read the second volume. Uh, picked up the third volume, read that. Like, it's one of those things. It's just one of those. I've been picking up the trades with a little bit of space in between them to to be have those moments where I can just sit and really enjoy reading it for an afternoon. Um, and then I still want to get like the House of Slaughter. I want to get into those. But yeah, I I love it. Like, it was great. It's it is great. It's it's on my list. Again, there's like two more trades that I haven't read sitting on the shelf over there that like this is Yanni's book. Like this is the one that like she's always looking to see if there's a new trade out, uh, if there's a new spin out coming out, which I think there is actually a, a new spin off from this book that came out either last week or maybe two weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, I'm there. James Tinian has done a great job with his brand new like horror universe that's super engaging so yeah this this is a great pick thank you you're welcome uh paul yeah wildstorm you already <laughs> talked no 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 we already talked about it kind of yes number one it has to be the finest book out there not only can it be the finest book of your city not only can it be the finest book of your state country continent it's got to be the world's finest that's it right that's world's finest 
I know people are saying, hey, Mark Wade, he's going back to the well to going to bring in storylines from uh, Kingdom Come, bringing him King, the Kingdom Come universe. But guess what? It if works. you see Zeppelin, you want them to play Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. If you if you're reading a Mark Wade book, writing Batman, Superman, you want him to play some Kingdom Come. The reason you keep going back to the well is because you got to stay hydrated. You you need it. That well is deep. And that well grants wishes. And my wish is a good book. (laughs) And guess what? Guess what? My wish comes true. It's a great book. It's a great book. World's finest. Best comic book there is coming Um, out right now. Paul, did you read the last issue where it's actually Batman and Superman on the... No, not yet. Um... It's them in the Kingdom Come universe, yeah. and okay. like both both of them are like, what the hell's wrong with this world? Like, <laughs> all right, we we gotta lay it down because these these aren't us. <laughs> and, it, oh, it and then so they good. realize there's something. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited because it's so good. Like oh. Leonard Skinner, people are gonna yell, play Freebird, and they're gonna actually play Freebird, unlike will, every other will. concert. <laughs> Only time. Only time, guys. That is allowed to yell Freebird is at a uh, Leonard Skinner concert. <laughs> right? So, it's Leonard Skinner that Yes, yes, they they do Freebird. Uh a very DC heavy My dad would disown me. That's fine. He doesn't listen to this. Unless he doesn't. Yeah, and then no. hey, thanks, Mr. Paul. Rate and review us. Make <laughs> make sure you uh tell all your friends. Write a review for us. Oh, but Paul. Yeah. Where do you want to start next? I I, I don't know. TV? You want to do TV? No, why not? Have you watched some TV shows? I've watched uh, a few new Disney Plus streaming shows that all have to do with Star Wars, but sure. All right. Well, lay it on me, Papa. Uh, what's your number three here? My number three. I'm going to throw it out as my number three because I'm not sure if it qualifies, but I finally caught up with Andor. Okay. Yeah. So good. That 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 ended this year, right? Like it was coming out over can, into can 2023. Google it. Can somebody real. Google that for me? Yeah. Um, because my thing with Star Wars right now is I only watch Star Wars, like Star Wars stuff while I'm on the treadmill. But I've been watching it in chronological order. So, they keep so the, on, fi- the final episode came out November 23rd, 2022. So okay. holiday season. I mean, it's, it's yeah. at the cusp. Like I missed it. I missed yeah. it. During the 2022 year, <coughs> it was my most anticipated show for Disney Plus, and I finally watched it this year. It's epic, it's gritty, it's unlike, it's the most Rogue One Disney thing that Star Wars has done since Rogue One. By the guy that uh, did, did Rogue, Rogue One. One. It's it's sorry. The character from what? It, it all makes sense. It all follows. It's it feels like um if you were going to do a D and D campaign of Star Wars, this would kind of be it. You know, uh, street level, like hey, you're just trying to grind it out underneath, keep under the radar of everything. You're 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 existing in the universe, and you're just trying to survive. Like that's that's Andor. Yeah. I I was watching this when it was coming out, and then it, it was around when they were getting ready to do the the mission, like when they're 
mm-hmm. preparing to break into like the the payroll vault. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of like when I fell off. Like I can't remember what what happened, but I was enjoying the show, but I was just like, oh, oh, I, I can't watch this week. And then I finally hit the point where I was like, okay, let me get in this. And I'm kind of glad that I had stopped watching it because at that point I had a bank of other episodes that I could then like binge through because mm-hmm. from like the job going <clears throat> off, going bad, going to like the like pr- like the prison colony stuff, all fantastic. And I was like, do do I just need more like small scale Star Wars or it's literally just like Andy Circus in a room like t- like talking to someone like is that mm-hmm. is that the Star Wars that I like and I I think the answer is yes because everything about that even back to him like going I can't remember the plan like when he goes home like because his like ad- adopted mom died like mm-hmm. just like the the speech that she gives like via hologram I'm like yeah. Oh, during oh, that speech, yeah. hell yeah! They had to redub it. Originally, he wanted "fuck the Empire." Yeah, and, but they redubbed it and made it "fight the Empire." Um, Andor is fantastic, and I, I feel like well, it's already been too long to get the like the next season because I I want it. The uh, uh, Lucian speech too, like there's that's the reason you hire. Um, What's his name? I can't think. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is that elevator scene where he's like, what have I given up? Everything. <laughs> and it's like, you, like I think oh, about like, that scene and the, I get goosebumps. I'm like, oh, man. He hit, just... Him like like talking to Mon Mothma, like when she's like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm here, like looking for a gift. And he's like, oh, like, but like they're secretly talking in code. And like he has mm-hmm. those moments where he goes like back behind the scenes and he's like, ah, fuck, like. Things well, are going back. Like, this, there's so many of those subtle, subtle things that, like, he puts the he puts the clothes on, he puts the rings, and then he's mm-hmm. looking himself in the mirror, and he's like, ah, like he's yeah. doing these gestures to get into this, get into character, and then go out there and, like, when Mon Mothra's like walking through the party with the guy who she's trying mm-hmm. to get to fund it, smile, yeah. smile. I just said mm-hmm. something funny, like. Those are those scenes that I'm just like, oh, that's so good. Like those little little things and yeah. the just yeah. But my only problem is with Andor is those first couple episodes are just like a little too long and a little slow. Now try watching that while running on a treadmill. Mm. Oh, then it would feel like it was going fast. So yeah, Paul, yeah, with, exactly. when they're practicing marching. To yep. get to like the Imperial base, yeah, so yeah. you're like, oh, I, I gotta slow I, down. I start going like. Into <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that, Paul, because um, I have uh, my number three is yeah. a it's a one. it's a double pick, and it is Ahsoka in Loki season two. Ahsoka is my number one. Um, well, we can talk about it yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. So talk about Loki now, and we'll talk about Ahsoka. Uh, Loki season two, I think, is the best Marvel show that they've done. Uh, I'd put it above everything else. I think where they took that character, how they ended everything with that character uh, is perfect. Um, Tom Hiddleston, like, he's just perfection. Like, him is that role. 
and growing and getting frustrated as that character and all of that stuff. It was this is the the aside from Tony Stark's death, this is the best like start to finish of a character in the Marvel universe. I I agree because we've sung the praises of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Anytime that he's popped up in something that we've talked about for the great Marvel movie retrospective. And that this is just the ultimate showcase for him. And he just does so well at every single scene he's in. My only complaint about this season, uh, and I'm glad we get to talk about it. So now I get to pick like three different things. So cool. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed. Um, oh my gosh. Owen Wilson? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, Morbius? M- yeah, Mobius. Um, Mobius and Morbius? And I feel like in this season, even though they did more with him, he didn't get to do a lot with it. See, I feel they did less with him in this. But I, I think him, like, finding, like, hitting that point where he needs to, like, okay, well, who was I? Because they're jumping so much more into, like, no, like, you're all variants, don't you wonder who you were like when he finally gets to have that moment it it, it's not as much as i wanted it to be and like i'm glad they finally jumped into him and i think marvel definitely had a problem they needed to address with everything that happened with jonathan majors and i think at the end of the series where there's like oh yeah well there's a problem with him, but, uh, you know, it seems things are under control now, so we don't got to worry about it. It seemed just very like, okay, cool, wipe the table. And again, like, whatever did happen, I think he, he did well as Victor Timely in this. Like, seeing him get turned to spaghetti again and again, a lot of fun. And I like the way that he portrayed that take on the character. I, I really enjoyed this season, and I'm excited for the next time we get to see see Loki come back and I feel like it's probably going to be a while because we haven't had a chance to really talk about it for the retrospective but it seems like now with where Marvel's going they don't know what blocks they need to put into place to get there because one of the things that I loved and I think I could say we loved with that phase one and like into phase two is like oh everything you saw stood on its own but it was building towards something else and yeah. right now, everything is still kind of on that. It stands on its own, but I don't feel like we're building towards anything mm-hmm. because there's no th- real threads that are weaving between. Like, we might get references to stuff, but it doesn't feel like, oh, that's important because it's setting up this. Yeah. I feel like phase one was like, hey, we want to build towards this. We're not sure if we're allowed to. So we're going to keep on doing it. We're instead of asking for uh, permission, we're going to we're going to ask for uh, forgiveness. So we're going to build towards something and be cheeky about it and not sure if we can get there versus now where they're like, oh, we can build something towards something and we can do it. Let's make sure it's worthwhile. And now it's like collapsing. Now that pressure is there. And it feels like it's kind of collapsing under that weight of that pressure. Because they can't build towards something because if people don't like yeah. one of those building blocks, like well, now it can't deliver like the final product. And I don't. Nobody knew what it's, to expect what they were building towards. So we're like, we're all like, OK, they're going to build towards Thanos. But 
even when the Avengers, the first Avengers came out, you're like, oh, this is what they're building towards. And then they're yeah. like, no, 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 no. There's more. And you're like, what? So, you know that scene in Incredibles when mm-hmm. Bob walks out to the car, like the little yeah, kid yeah, yeah. sitting there on like, the tricycle, and he's like, what are you waiting for? He's like, I don't know. So, I Something feel like right cool. now we're all that kid. Like, just, yeah. we're just waiting to see something happen. And <clears throat> Marvel's just kind of like, we, well, what do you guys want to see? Because we can't tell what you like and what you don't like anymore. And that's, they're being too reactive instead of proactive and like, say, like, yes, this is, this is where we're going. And I think. You don't, not we, everything needs to be super jokey. I, I like the jokey, but Black you could, you could still do jokes and have it land. Because, I mean, Loki's got some, some good zingers in there. But ultimately, like, the ending of this season, see, looping it back, is so strong just to see Loki kind of complete that character arc that set up movies and movies and movies because at this point i i think i have the numbers hold on loki season two is part 45 of the great marvel movie <laughs> retrospective so to go back to like the original thor where his story like really starts like we we don't have that anymore we're, we're watching a character grow, learn, develop, change, because everybody else has kind of paused or stopped or been taken off the table. But also we as the audience have learned more about that character than that character has learned about himself. Because he no. is a character. He, he watched that clip show in, uh, in season yeah. one. He, he, he learned it too. Also, right. I, wait, I just want to be the third person taking a sip of other half beer on the podcast. Because <laughs> you guys just did it in order. I didn't even realize that. Also, my dad loves this, se- this season, uh, and I haven't watched it yet because he was talking about it while I had Disney Plus canceled. Mm. So it was uh, during uh, my... Oh, sorry, sorry, Paul. Spoilers for Lo- Loki. No, no. He... It's not like High Republic, Paul. All like, I know, my start. dad loves the scene of when they're at McDonald's. My dad just talked up and down about that scene. He's like, well, maybe he didn't send us here to be a... Uh, to do anything, maybe he just wanted us to have a really nice meal. Yeah. <laughs> so every time we went, I was on a trip with my dad. It was a good fun trip. Went to the uh, Football Hall of Fame. Chris, that uh, Bills pin you got from the fo- from the Football Hall of Fame. Nice. Uh, did you guys stop at OJ Simpson's display? No. No. Not, did they take it out? There. Yeah, I didn't see an OJ Simpson display at all. So. He was, he was the first Buffalo Bill to be in the Hall of Fame. And then they're like, ooh, scrape, scrape, scrape. Take take the name off a plaque. Uh, you know, but I saw uh, Marvel Levy. I saw James Lofton. I saw Bruce Smith. I saw uh, Jim Kelly. James Lofton's in the Hall of Fame. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He played for many teams before. He played, like, with the Bills, but he also played with other teams, too. Mm-hmm. He was a really good receiver. Randall Cunningham, not in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, See, I don't have football. What other half beer are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking forever, ever, and this is their uh, double dry hop. Forever, forever, ever, ever, ever. Not, not the haunted mansions. Uh, the Ebers and Evers, because you'll be happy forever, forever and ever. We don't talk about that movie anymore. So it's, we it's, only watched the new Haunted Mansion. Which new Haunted is, Mansion is really, really it's good. It's fun. I'm sad that movie didn't do great. 
Kate says it's one of her favorite movies, and I'm like, full stop. And she goes, she, has, she, she goes full stop since 1986. So she goes full stop, and I'm like, wow, we've watched it three times. It's great. Uh, it's fun. This is a uh, brewed by Arthur Cat Brewing. Blah blah blah. I'm looking for ABV on this, and this is uh 4.7% because after that 12.8, I needed something. Or 4.7 delivers a nice double dry hop, but crisp and smooth a beer. This is, if I had to pick a good sessionable of beer, I would pick something a little bit lower ABV because you know me. <laughs> but 4.7, this is like right in that range with the with a all day IPA at 4.2. Like what's 0.5? Um, this is great. This is uh. What's the one that does um, single cut? Single, single cut. cut that's Billy Weight, Billy, Billy Watt, Billy 18 Watt, Billy 18 Watt. This is right up there. It's a uh, smooth. It's a little. Um, it's got a little bit of that um, resin. Resin. It a little bit of resiny, waxy kindness to it, but I'm enjoying it. I've kind of been missing that in my IPAs, that resin taste and feel. So yeah. Really enjoying forever, ever from uh, other half. John. Yeah. Uh, forever, yeah. ever is it's a really good. It's a solid beer. And it's cheap compared to the other other compared house. to the others. Yeah. It's, you know, it's 16 bucks, 16 bucks. It's like four to five bucks cheaper than most of the other ones. Um, forever, ever is really nice. And if they were to say like Green City and forever, ever and um uh uh ace um all Stitcher everything like those are kind of their core their core beers that they like these are the things that we want people to like we ha- we do we do thousands and thousands of different beers and we release different beers every other week but these are kind of our core our core ones and then you have like broccoli cheddar and um Let's see. It's broccoli cheddar. It's on their their UPC. There 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 are three signs there. I forget what the bottom one is. Um, but if you look at their UP, UPC, you see broccoli cheddar and then the the citra, the citrus. Um, mm. those, those are like their their mainstays, and then everything else that they brew are their um, fun stuff that they do. So. But Chris, what are you drinking from other half? Sorry, I was trying to peel the uh, the label off to see what's on there, and I can't tell. It's uh, the cutouts. Yep, it's yeah, it's a broccoli and cheddar. Um, but I'm I'm drinking the uh, the other half broccoli, seven point nine percent ABV. Uh, this is also a double dry hopped imperial IPA. John, you had this last week. No, I had the uh, the broccoli rob, the rob, the, oh, which is like okay. a session. I didn't love it. Uh, this one brewed with Mosaic, Simcoe, Nelson Sauvin, Strata, Mosaic Cryo, and Simcoe Cryo. And I have to say, having this, you know, you know, a, a beer in between, but having this after the Prison City, I feel like the Prison City definitely has, like, a much more, like, drinkability to it. Like, this does drink, like... An imperial like dry hopped IPA, but like it also, it also just has like a 
like a ghostiness to it. Like it's flavorful on the front, but then everything just kind of like fades away. Mm. I feel like it's it's not as big and bold as the Prison City. I would definitely agree that I think Prison City makes they make better standalone beers than other half. And like other half has a reputation that all their beers kind of taste the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they've taken the same base beer for a lot of their beers and they just changed like hop profile to them. So like they have those things, they have broccoli, they have broccoli cheddar, they have broccoli this, they have broccoli that. And it's all the same beer changing slightly those hops. Um, they have all their like their space things that are all like space diamonds, space this, mm-hmm. space that. So they use like the same beer, just changing the hops for a lot of their stuff. And Prison City uses a lot of the same hops, but get completely different beers out of those those hops. Um, so yeah, I. I would say I probably, if you gave me the option of a Prison City IPA and a other half, I know I'm going to get a good, I'm going to get a good experience with other half, but I think you, you get a better experience with the Prison City. Yeah, it's like the other half one is, it's good. Like, it's a nice drinkable IPA, but I just think having it after the Prison City one, I'm like, no, there's a, there's a clear winner yeah, between the two of these, and I I wouldn't have known that going in, and I kind of wish I had flipped it and had this one first. No, yeah. uh, and I am also drinking a other half beer, and this is part of the broccoli family. This is Brock mm. Pile. This is a Buffalo yeah. Beers themed uh, mm-hmm. other half beer, and this is with Citra, Comet, Vic, Vic Secret, and Moteka, Mutika, um, eight and a half percent. Double dry hopped Imperial IPA. And this is really good. It is really nice. Um, I put it um, about equal with the Prison City I had. Mm. Um, I think they're both super, super drinkable. Very good beers. Um, And this one's excellent. I like it a lot. And it drinks way too easy for 8.2%. John, can you explain the uh, the Buffalo punt for Brock Pile? Um, they there's a football and they pile up on each other like a dog pile. But this is what Brock the the old Buffalo Bills stadium used to be called the Rock Pile. Yeah. Oh. Uh, who gives a shit about that? Well, you you mentioned that it was a Buffalo Bills or a Buffalo themed. Beer. So I was like, oh, so John's going to explain the Buffalo theme. No, you knew I didn't know. You did that. Just to, <laughs> no, I just thought to you look stupid about. Why the would you field. mention that it's a because Buffalo it's theme. because it's blue and red, and the guy told me it's a Bills Bills beer. Okay. Because again, the old Bills Stadium was the, called the Rock Pile. I'm sorry, John. What, I didn't point which it out. Which stadium was that? Is that the one that's been around since I've been it alive? It was the one that was created during the rock pile. It was the rock pile, and it was created during the uh, because of the FDR. Uh, it was uh, that whole. So the 40s. Yeah. The 40s. Yeah. 
And the stadium that's been there since I've been alive mm-hmm. and living in Buffalo is not the same stadium. Not the same stadium. Nope. Oh. So why look, would look, I know look, that? Look, that I know it. I'm not. I know I'm running a bill. Set. I'm not he not doesn't even player. live here anymore. <laughs> he doesn't no, even look, go oh, here. Lives right down the street from the other. He grew up right down the street I, from the I other. I worked at the Ralph. Who's yeah. a prep cook? The admin no, luxury Highmark suites. Stadium. Now it's Highmark, but it'll be a different Highmark two years. Um, look, now look at pictures of the, the rock pile. It literally looks like the high, uh, Hamburg High School <laughs> like football stadium. It's a piece of trash. Cool. Cool. Not as trashy as the uh, shortest-lived NFL franchise ever. The Tondawanda Cardex played one game and folded. Mm. That's right. Western New York has two legendary football teams, national football teams. Never even heard of. Tonawanda yep. what? Cardex. Can you spell that for me? Uh, I think it's C-A-R-D-E-X, Cardex. Cardex, okay. I am looking that up. Chris, did you do your number three? I have not. Because uh, we have Loki, we have Andor. And guys, I You're am number going... one. Is it the... No. We we go in reverse order, don't we? No, we, we started with our number one. No, we started with our number three. Okay. No, Paul, we started with John's number three, which was oh, Ahsoka and still Loki. On three guys, I drink. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, Ahsoka's my number one. So we just talked about Loki, because you talked about Andor was your number three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> cool. Point eight. Uh, I'm going to start off with something probably like the most recent thing that I've watched. That's not what if season two, because I haven't come to a conclusion about that yet, even though I said I like it more than season one. Uh, but I'm going to go with the most recent offering over on Disney Plus, And this is the Doctor Who specials. Uh, mm. Doctor Who uh, now streaming on Disney Plus with the three specials. Well, technically four specials that came out because we had three tenant ones. And then we had the Shooty Gatwa one leading into the new season of Doctor Who, which Disney Plus will be the official streaming home of. And I was trying to look it up and I you know how the Internet works. Like you think like, oh, I'm going to look something up and then you kind of like fall down a rabbit hole of something else. So I don't know if Disney Plus is going to have the older seasons of Doctor Who. They're not. Oh, shit. Cause, uh, but they're all on HBO, man. Okay, I can, I can watch it then. Because literally going back and watching like these three specials with my favorite doctor, David Tennant, made me want to go back and watch the Doctor Who stuff that I loved and maybe fell off of to catch up. Because I absolutely love the Doctor. I love Donna Noble. And I, I love the Shudy Gatwa one. And... He's a much more relaxed, fun-loving doctor because all of that pressure has been pushed off onto the the 10th slash 14th tenant doctor. And everything I love about the doctor was showcased in these specials, culminating in a Christmas special, which was a heck of a lot of fun. And it made me happy to be like, wow. Maybe those years I spent as a Doctor Who fan weren't misplaced after uh, Matt Smith left because I I definitely fell off with the Capaldi stuff. And I know we, uh, I think we've talked my about good it. My good man, Clara. 
between us, I don't think we've ever really like, talked about it on the show, but no, it's not a nerd blind spot for us. Like it's something that we have all enjoyed to some extent, but I'll say not recently because I didn't even watch the Jodie Whittaker stuff. Yeah. Not, not because I didn't want to, but it's because I had stopped watching it. That I just and also continue. it was hard to find. It was super hard to find. I was able to find the first couple episodes and then I couldn't get any of the other mm-hmm. ones. And I was like, ah, man, like it's leading up to um, the master coming back. Mm-hmm. And I want to see this happen. And then I was like, I just never got around to it because I couldn't I couldn't find it. Yeah. And now that I got HBO Max, it's all on it's all on the Max, baby. And now that Doctor Who's going to be on Disney Plus, I'm excited because it's going to be there. Yeah, I but do want special, to... su- super fun. And like, if you love the David Tennant stuff, and you are like me, where you, your laughs and like you fell off, like, no, go back to it because seeing him and his mate Donna just it it feels right. It felt so good just going back into that. Yeah. They don't. They didn't miss a beat. Like it seems like they were able just to be like, no, no, you don't have to tell me what to do. I'm, I'm Donna Noble. I, I got it. I got it. I know how to. I know. But how did they get past the whole like thing where she had to get her memory wiped and she can't remember? You gotta anything? watch it, Paul. You gotta okay. watch it. I'm not gonna give it away. You gotta watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, John. It, it's, the, it's the first special. <laughs> I'll watch it three days you know, before I do the look back. Uh, for, for 2024. 2024 and say it's the best thing that happened even though it happened in 2023 <laughs> no they they definitely have to address that especially, especially like when he shows up and her mom's like no <laughs> get out of here <laughs> uh, yeah no they did everything right with that especially how they ended it with Tenet yeah. and the, the new doctor coming they did and- such a great job because I don't want to give anything away for Paul, yeah, but like they just do it perfectly. They just do it perfectly. I, I don't want to spoil this because I love this. And I think um, Paul's already read the wiki on it. So <laughs> I think Neil Patrick Harris, great Doctor Who villain. Like, oh, great. I, I really hope they're able to bring him back somehow. I hope so as well, which it, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. It does seem like it's setting up the next big bad. Yeah, but I and, I hope they find ways to like bring him back he, to lead up to that again. He also like has that thing where when he's beaten, he's like, "You'll you'll wish you hadn't with my vagabonds or my puppets coming after you, or we'll be back or whatever." And it's like, "Oh, okay." I hope they're setting up for him to, to uh, come back. Did you watch the Christmas special? I did not get to watch that yet. I just have not had a chance. Um. So it introduces who's going to be the new companion, uh, Ruby Sunday, and I, I, I like her. The we definitely get more because um, this is what I said after like we had finished watching it. The Shudigawa Doctor it reminds me a lot more of like the Matt Smith kind of like the fun of him, uh, which I like and. Ruby's definitely more in line with like an Amy Pond, yeah, kind of companion. Which you know that that's my my sweet spot. Like, so. And I I really like um, not Moffat, but the what's his name? Uh, Russell Davies. Russell, 
I, him coming back, it's like, oh, it just feels like home. Yeah. Like it just well, feels he, right. Paul Paul got up to uh, take a break, so we, we can dive a little bit more into some of the stuff before he comes back. It kind of made me sad to hear that in the lead up to writing these specials, uh, Russell Davies actually lost his like his husband, like his partner passed away. So that's why a lot of these specials are the doctor dealing with loss and putting the darker times behind him because it's something like he personally was struggling with. And you never want to celebrate someone's suffering, but if this was cathartic for him, great. But it made for some very compelling watching because it's definitely something that I think the doctor needed after all that stuff. That Before I, I Paul, Paul comes back, I love that they kept uh, Tenet around. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, gonna be able to bring I'm so happy. Like for like they could just, 10 more Christmas episodes, special. they can bring it yeah. back. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So they happy about have their that. Their own mini series, their own little things. Paul's back. Paul, Paul's back. So we got to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul, uh, why don't you give us your number two now? Because remember, you already said your number three, which was Andor, and you yep. you previewed your number one, which is Ahsoka. Yeah. So your number so my two. number two, it's going to be because I went on a trip this year to Boston and got to visit the uh, presidential library of one John F. Kennedy. Uh, so so it's going to my... be Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> no, he's going to say it's the Zapruder film. He just loves to watch that guy get shot. <laughs> it's close. It's back uh, into the left. It's uh, One Day in America, and this was uh, a uh, – it was on Hulu Plus – Hulu and also Disney Plus, and uh, Kid and I watched it. I think it's – maybe it's a National Geographic thing, but it basically follows the events uh, of the Kennedy assassination, uh, what the event – the day leading – of the assassination, what all – everything transpired beforehand, talking to the last survivors – of the event, people that were there on the ground that witnessed it, the uh, special service or secret service that were there on the ground trying to protect him, um, and the reporters that were also there in the aftermath. And it's a three-part series uh, that was produced, pretty sure, by National Geographic. Um, but I thought it was very interesting just having come back from the presidential library of uh john f kennedy um because they don't really of course they're not going to focus on this assassination there is one room that focuses on but it's not the main thing so understanding like how america was just everybody was tied to their televisions like what's happening everybody's listening to the radio like trying to figure out what is happening during that event um it reminded me of what i experienced uh as a teenager late teenager Assassinating um, a president. Yes, assassin. No, uh, during 9-11. Like, y- you, you wanted to know what was happening, but were afraid to know what was happening. You know, that was that anxiety of, like, what if it, there's something bigger going on? Because there were, they had, like, I was seeing interviews of the Newcasters talking to people, and people were thinking it was, like, a communist takeover. Like, this was step one. You know, the assassination of John F. Kennedy was step one, step, you know, who knows, the other shoe is going to drop and it's going to be an even bigger event. And that's how um, going, uh, living through uh, the events of 9-11 was. It's like, oh, a, a plane hit the World Trade Center, weird. Then the second plane hit. And then 
there was the plane that hit the Pentagon and then there was the fourth plane that just fell. Like everybody was expecting even more and more happening. So, and that's how uh, it, apparently it was. And that's stuff that I didn't even think about realize like that was the experience of Americans during that time, because we learned about, Oh, he was killed. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, that was it. But there was that like weak experience where everybody's like on edge on it, and people didn't know what to do. They were just like meeting in the streets, like in Dallas, that people were holding vigils. Like they they were upset that that's they were afraid that's all Dallas was going to be known for from then on. And Dallas is like, no, we're we're not we're not killers. We're gonna and, have a great football team in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, Paul, so, lone gunman conspiracy CS, CIA. What do you think? Where are you Lone gunman. Lone, Lone gunman. Yeah. Really? Easiest, ex- easiest explanation. Guy that was upset about how his life was going. It puts his blame on somebody. Wants to become bigger than he is. Wants to affect change in a way that he think he can. And just takes matters in his own hands. So, Paul, I'm guessing after you went through the uh, John F. Kennedy library, you went through the... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald book depository after that, right? <laughs> no, no. Because he had to, to yeah. take everything back. <laughs> I had that one locked and loaded. Sorry. <laughs> oh, locked and loaded. Come on. No, but that was my, uh, it, it's more so because of the trip that I took to Boston and the experience that I had there versus the actual, you know, but it was an actual television show that came out in 2023. And I thought I, it was. I don't know. I don't want to be informational. So th- that could be something I could check out. Hmm. Chris, you're number two. Uh, my number two. I'm actually going to pick something that when I saw the trailer for, I was like, oh, this looks like it could be kind of good. But I didn't want to get my hopes up. And if I had, it would have been OK, because I'm going to go with Twisted Metal uh, <laughs> from NBC Peacock. This was a direct to streaming show adapting the twisted metal video game series from like the late 90s early 2000s uh sony playstation games <laughs> uh starring anthony mackie and stephanie beatrice uh, i absolutely loved this show it's violent it's dumb it's funny it's violent it's funny it's got <laughs> everything you want in a tv show um cisco Cisco songs <laughs> like Cisco references. Literally, after we like we wrap this up, I paid like four dollars and I downloaded Twisted Metal Black on PlayStation because I was like, nice. man, I really want to play Twisted Metal after watching this. And yes, there's cars in this. There is some shooting, but they don't actually have like a Twisted Metal tournament. That's kind of like the cliffhanger that they leave off on hmm. in the finale. But there's so much dumb stupid heart to this that you don't expect that you're gonna get like you come out at the end of this like no i i care about these characters and the fact that they don't realize it but they're being so manipulated to get to that point at the end uh this was kind of like a black sheep for me like where it's just something that's like oh it's a thing to watch when it, it comes out but we you know, me and Yanni, like, we really enjoyed watching this, like, each, every episode when it came out. And uh, as 
someone that lo loves to do online surveys, I'm registered with NBC Universal, so mm -hmm. I get surveys about the theme parks. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually got like an, a very in-depth survey about the Twisted Metal show. <laughs> like, like what I liked about it, the characters, if I remembered certain plot points, what I would want to see more of, what I want to see less of. So I'm very hopeful that this does get a season two. If it doesn't, that's sad. It's great for what it was, but I would love to go back to this world because uh, <laughs> Anthony Maggie seemed to be having a lot of fun uh, as John Doe in this. Nice. I started watching it. I've seen lots of clips of things from it that I'm like, oh, I want to watch it. I started it, but it was one of those things that I just I just couldn't. Not that I couldn't get into it, but it was like I would start it and then it'd be like, oh, I need to go do this or I need to be a father or I need to be a husband or I let's have a date night. Like, you don't want to watch this? OK, we'll watch something else. And it just never got around to it. And every once in a while, when I go on Peacock, I'm always like, oh, I should watch that because I want to watch it. Uh, I recommend it. Like, I think it's nine or ten episodes, so. Like if you have like a day off at home where you can just like put it on in the background while you're doing something like cleaning or building a Lego DeLorean, like <laughs> it, 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 you'll have fun with it. Yeah, um, I've been I've been listening to books, uh, a couple a book series that I I love. Will I will I build my DeLorean? Hmm. Uh, well, that's what you're listening to. But John, we're talking about what you watch. So what's your number two? Paul, if you were to say there's a show that John and Chris love. What would you say is that show? And I don't want you to get Mr. Show. I don't, okay. <laughs> I think I there's know where you're going with this. There's a second show. Arrested I Development. I, I, there, if there was Lost. a third show. Lost. 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 Uh, and people behind Lost created a show called From. Uh and I watched season one this year, and then I was there every week to watch season two. Um, and because season two came out this year, even guys, though I've I already heard you guys seasons. talked about this, I, I heard, I heard yeah. that episode. Yeah. Uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate you listening to that. See, see Paul, you're a listener. You, you're allowed <laughs> to send me beer. Uh, but from season two, from season one, absolutely loved oh i didn't get to hear about season two well chris hasn't watched it yet so all right skip I, I loved season one but the only way i was able to watch it is because i had the stars add-on for max i can't remember like streaming it was platform it was stuff. the like, i had to M buy something MGM, to watch mgm it. plus on amazon um so what did you watch season two on just so i know what to like MGM look up season so the first season was free on regular Amazon, and I had to get the MGM Plus to watch it on um, Amazon week to week. But I did give you, Chris, I sent you a way to watch it. Oh, okay. I will resend it to you if you need. This is something that I hate. Talked about it before. Also kind of news. We didn't talk about it because I forgot about it, but apparently right now, uh, Paramount is in talks with yeah. Warner Brothers to maybe like someone buy something, join forces. I don't know. I, I hate, I hate that this is where we're at now. Like, 
it's too hard. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, I love From, but the fact that I can't remember what I watched <laughs> it on because I had to watch it on something that I had to get because I had something else to watch it. This is why shows fail because like, oh, nobody's watching. It's like, I don't remember what I had to download to watch it. And I love the show. I was telling people like, oh, from you need to watch it. Yeah, we got to get back to being pirates, guys. <laughs> when nothing was available I'm so, online. I'm sorry. I'm so, so concerned. Had to pirate everything. I'm so concerned about pirating stuff. Like I never have. Besides, like Napster for music, like in the like never pirated. Well, like music, like yeah. never. Tell so much of that was like, oh, let me download the song, and like you wait for it to download for an hour, and they're like, oh, that's not the song I want. Like I've never like pirated movies or TV shows. Like I'm not just saying that to like be like, oh, Big Brothers. Like I don't trust. Like the people the that upload because I, you know, I, I do everything on my computer. I record a podcast. I shop. I play games. Like, I, I don't think I told you guys this. Um, my Sony account got hacked. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a pain in the dick, like <laughs> getting the money back because they bought two games and like getting a new card. And even now, like a, a week and a half later. Like, I'm getting notifications like, oh, your payment didn't go through. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, it's because it's tied to my old debit card. Like, I need to <laughs> log in to change my credit card for my factory meals because it's my old card. Like, this is, it's bullshit. Like, I, I hate yeah. where we're at right now. And also, like, it, like your information is everywhere. I got a letter just this uh, today, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, from like the old mortgage servicing company saying, hey, I thought you were going to say old country buffet. Saying, hey, we had a data be- breach. So, hey, if you guys want to sign up for two years worth of uh, like this to let you know if anybody's trying to use your social security number, go ahead and sign up for it now. And it's like, no, yeah, no. that's another thing I can sign up for that can now be breached. Yeah. You guys are the ones that lost it in the first place. <laughs> like, Come on. But from really good. Uh, loved it. Um, oh. Has those same kind of uh, themes as is lost, but with a kind of horror element to it. Very good show. Loved it. Loved uh, it. So without spoilers, does it wrap up to a point where like, ah, yes, this is a, I'm content with this ending. Or is it like a Dude, like a cliffhanger? It's a cliffhanger, baby. Okay. Season three, it's in the works. They're, okay, they're making was, it right now. Because that was my next question. Like, oh, because have they said, like, oh, season three? Because yeah, I three. can't imagine MGM Plus <laughs> being, being the juggernaut that's like, we need more programming, baby. Seeing as MGM doesn't even own the rights to uh, They don't even own the rights to their own shit. Like, all, everything's, like, out there now. But I think MGM is somehow partnered up or is belongs to amazon now more than likely because amazon got the 007 rights right yes yeah uh but paul i was gonna have chris start but we've already briefly mentioned ahsoka ahsoka so such a good series uh this is star wars before uh, before you start this because we can talk about 
this and talk about what I'm we can talk about what I'm about to say and Ahsoka when Chris comes back. Uh, I'm surprised Ted Lasso season three. I lost uh, Apple Plus. Oh, I didn't sign up for it. Like I had it. Got it. I had Apple Plus for uh, Apple TV Plus for season one, season two. I did not pick it up for season three. And also, like, I've heard, like, mixed reviews about season three. Like, uh, If you like season one and two and you are a fan of those characters, <laughs> season three is great. Season okay. three is like the the end of Parks and Rec where they set up those characters <laughs> and you know that they're going to have a happy ending for those characters. Season three of Ted Lasso sets up those characters and you can see that they've grown. And if they continue to grow, they will be happy. And I it's, was... up, it's up to them to decide to get there. But I mean, you have great growth of all those characters. Nathan Shelley, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's Nathan Shelley? He's the he was the. The, the kit man who then became a coach and then left Oh, them. you mean Nate. Nate the Great. Nate, Nate the Great. Yes. Um, you have him. His storyline in season three mm-hmm. is is fantastic. Uh, and where how he how he grows and you wins you back. Mm-hmm. As you suspect would have to happen for that because that's how that series that series kind of plays out like he needed a he needed to fall so he can have a redemption yeah and he was falling ever since he met him yeah uh, especially with season two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah i mean they but, even uh, showed it with his his hair change hair. yeah yeah but i oh, wanted to talk about ted lasso season three i loved it i got to talk about it well we can talk about ahsoka because I didn't see Ted Lasso season three because I don't have Apple TV Plus, even though I'm very I would want to have it just to see the Hannah, uh, Hannah Winningham uh, Christmas special. It's pronounced Hannah Montana. Mm. No, I think you want Guys, the best of I heard, world. I stuff. heard a rumor. Yeah, I, I think it's Miley. Oh, Miley the whole time. Hmm. I mean, people are saying she's wearing a wig, but I don't know. Weird. They they have two different dads and managers, so one, one has with a goatee, one without. What is it? Yeah. So season six of Rebels. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I love about Ahsoka. Ahsoka basically says, "Hey, no, we're actually serious this time. Everything that happened in the animated series, the Clone Wars, and also Rebels." matters and counts as canon to star wars yeah 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 i know there's a a lot of people out there and i used to be one of them i was like no movies only movies are it didn't happen but then you know i watched clone clone wars and i'm like oh my goodness clone wars is making the prequels worthwhile you were telling us that back yeah. yeah When that show was coming out, you're like, you guys got to watch this episode. And you got to watch this episode. I, I, I will and you be did the same Wars. thing with Paul did the same thing with Doctor Who. Where it was yeah. like, you got to watch this. And then you're like, OK, I think I'm a 
Doctor Who fan again, and I'm going to rewatch the entire new series. I I will be a Clone Wars and Rebels defender now, but getting into it was very difficult because I didn't watch it when it like debuted as the movie. I watched like after it had come out, and like I think it was like maybe like two or three seasons. And sitting down and watching like those first three episodes that were them per- like getting like Stinky the Hut or whatever his name was. That's the movie. Yep. That's, yeah, because that's the movie. Like that's where they they mm-hmm. launch you in. And I was like, they call him Stinky. Yep. I don't like this, but it's one of those things. Like when you stick around, you put your time in. Absolutely, hell yeah, and it ends. Not even ends. Like it becomes so strong, and it, I it will goes watch that so final good. two episodes. The the final three episodes of uh, of Ahsoka over and over again, or uh, Clone Wars over and over again, where it's where it's Ahsoka surviving Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. Fighting Maul. Mm-hmm. It's it's so great, but. You know, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. Ahsoka's so good. I did wish I got more snips than I did get Ahsoka because she, uh, Rosario Dawson does a great job, but she is very stoic Mm. and very reserved. And I kind of, I I miss snips. I I miss the person that would question things. I get it because we've seen... The growth and development of this mm-hmm. character where she's so far removed from what the Jedi were that she's on her own path mm-hmm. now. And like, I think it it works so well. And seeing those characters all come back and mm-hmm. I'm surprised that we didn't get a Kanan like cameo, like Force yeah. Ghost, something like I thought that probably would have been. Well, like how a, would like, Kanan learn how to become a Force Ghost? everyone learns how at some point, like, I don't know. Like I was expecting no. something more. He especially needs to be part they, of the tree. I, 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 especially I that when they fair. started bringing back, like, well, not bringing back, but like when they start hinting towards Jason, you know, his son with Hera mm-hmm. being force sensitive, like, it's just like something Even like a voice, like came like speaking yeah. to him, like something. Cause I would have loved to have, like Freddie Prince Jr. come back to like portray this he character does. in live action. He does. How? Rise, like of, the, the, Rise of the Skywalker. He's there as a voice. You got it. You're no. welcome. Bring him back in Ahsoka. But I I loved everything in this show. Like I liked Sabine in in Rebels, mm-hmm. but I love her in in Ahsoka. At least she still has that sassiness, still like that questioning, like, hey, no, I'm going to do my things my own way. And I wish Ahsoka kind of held that same kind of like, hey, my master was was Anakin Skywalker. He told me to do things my own way. The the episode with her, like having her like force like flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was great. Yeah, the world when she's in the world between worlds. So good. Fantastic. And I know people gave shit to Obi-Wan for how they de-aged um, Anakin. Uh, what's his name? Ta- uh, uh, I feel so so bad because he does so good. Uh, oh, Hayden Christensen. Man. 
the dude still looks good. Like, they didn't have to do a lot of de-aging to him. And I think that's the fact that people don't like, because they're like, oh, he doesn't like us. Like, no, the dude's aged 20 years now. He, like, still looks really good. Yeah, he's he's 40 versus 20. Yeah, like, he, he looks great. Um, I I really did enjoy this show. And my only complaint about it is the woman who was... Like the the night sister who was kind of like Thrawn's mm-hmm. disciple, Han, yeah, Morgan. Morgan. They, they kind of got rid of her too quick. She's a character that I kind of wish they had kept around a little bit because they have this like whole build up with her like helping to get to Thrawn. Yeah. She gets empowered and then they take her off the board immediately. Oh, it's yeah. a cool fight, but I wish they had kept her. No, that's for where they go next. That's that character though. Like you are the weasel. That is that sometimes a weasel can be a great your, villain. Though. Your purpose is to get the main villain back on the board. And she did you that. Will die quick. No reason to get rid of her though, because she was great even in Mandalorian when they had that whole episode with her like fighting yeah. Ahsoka and, and she did. loses. Yeah, but it's it's also. It's also that thing of does Ahsoka and Sabine now have to go back and use that magic to raise her, to bring her back? Like, there's so many different things that I mean, could happen. They, they could do something. I still want this to be a thing where, like, it's a Darth Maul situation, like, five years down the road where people are like, oh, we had a great character. We need to find a way to bring her back. Like, oh, his hate kept him alive. Give him robot legs. Like, yeah. and this is something that happens with Marvel, too. Like, Star Wars, Marvel, like, you have great villains, but you need to have that villain taken off the table so you can show how great your hero is. But people like that villain. And then the next thing, you're like, okay, well, now we need another villain. Like, how great would Black Panther be if, like, you didn't just get rid of Killmonger? Yeah. Great villain. People loved him. Michael B. Jordan fucking kills it as him. He's gone now. Wouldn't you love to have him like come it does back seem- like Black Panther three? Like have have some weight to something. And I think it's great that, that he was that, in Black Panther two. That that moment was killer. Like in the the spirit universe. Yeah, it was totally no longer. <laughs> now imagine him coming back as like an actual villain in Black Panther or, 3 or Ironheart whenever he we actually, get something like that. People were like, he could be, come back as Black Panther. Like he has like a redemption arc and he is the Black Panther. That would be cool. every, every villain that Marvel's killed off and, you know, looping back in, Star Wars is killed off. People love villains. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take them off the table to show how great yeah. your heroes are. Grand Admiral Admiral Thrawn's been around for like 30 years now between books, Mm -hmm. video games, cartoons, now live action with Ahsoka. Like, you make a great villain, people want to see them come back. Don't get rid of them just to have people like, oh, you know who's great? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Keep them around. Now we got a great villain, Marshawn Rowe. We do, but as, as soon as they go to like live action with the High Republic stuff, they're going to kill him. And then everyone's gonna be like, "Man, you know, you know who my favorite villain was from the High Republic, Martian Rowe." The only thing I had a problem with was, um, 
Ezra coming off the machine off the ship as a stormtrooper. Oh, okay. I but just wish it, he'd tra- he'd no done need, all that traveling. He's there's no to, need for him to have like the armor or at least the helmet, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's he's known to wear for wearing the helmet. He, yeah, he likes know? putting on like stormtrooper yeah. helmets. He, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I can hand wave that one away. Uh, no, I thought it was a great series. I know there was like I, there's a young lady that I work with who's, uh, she's very she loves Star Wars. She's very hard on Star Wars, and she was like when that the series started, she was like it's it's not Ahsoka, and I was like, it's an older Ahsoka who's dealing. I I think this is going to be something about her dealing with her guilt dealing with all these things of Anakin turning into mm. to Vader. This yeah. is going to be her redemption and coming back on his story. And she's like, well, she doesn't need that. And I was like, but she does. If you she watch, does, yeah. if you <laughs> watch these things, if you watch how she walks away from the Jedi order in <laughs> Anakin right before he has his major fall <laughs> and in, then, in like, rebels, when the last time we see her, she's about to be killed by him. Oh, and, no, you, you well, see no, her get she pulled gets pulled out. out. Yeah. yeah. But during that, he, she's like, I'm not going to leave you again, Master. But also she has that thing when Order 66 happens and she mm-hmm. reaches out and she can't find, she can't find Anakin. Mm-hmm. And she believes he's dead. And then she, in Rebels, finds out that Anakin is alive and he's Vader like all of that stuff weighs so heavy on her and she loses not that she ever like she loses that fun and that like she becomes closed off and this is her like redemptive story of coming back and i i think it all works and i told like i told that i told that girl that i work with like i think you need to if you're gonna watch anything watch the episode where she gets pulled in and you go into the past so and she's, mm-hmm. it's like that it shows like the redemptive side and she comes out being like gray yeah. you know the gray jedi and she kind of comes out wearing white again it's almost like mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, yeah gandalf um, gandalf the gray coming becoming gandalf gandalf the white like it has those connections and it's just like yeah like it i think it it, it works if you're if you're willing to let it work, if you're willing to let these things go, th- watch, be a fan of Rebels and then watch this. If you're willing to let that happen, and she wasn't willing to let go of those things because she was someone who really loved Rebels, and I would talk to her about Rebels mm-hmm. when I I rewatched it when I got Disney Plus, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I talked to her about it. But is she just? She's very. A, she's very black and white about things. she's very star wars fan <clears throat> and yeah. star wars fan en- encompasses a lot because you can be uh, understanding you can want things to grow you can want things to change or you can be no this is what star wars is and both are both are allowed yeah. chris you're number one uh i just want before we move away from ahsoka i do want to also shout it out for giving us probably one of my new favorite Star Wars characters 
uh, Balin's skull. Ugh. And I, I rest in peace. I know. Uh, what's uh, actor's name? Ray Winston. Uh, Ray. Uh, Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Thank you. Um, he was the Punisher. I, I did not remember his name. I want to see more of that character's story, and I don't want to belittle the actor's portrayal of him. This is something I'd be okay with them recasting to continue on the story because I think the story is so engaging and exciting enough that, like, I want more. Like, I don't want it to end because... But his story is he wants to figure out a way to end the cycle of, like, Mm -hmm. hey, light versus dark. And his story could easily end with, like, he attempts it. And he fails because he's not the chosen one. But I, well, I would want to see that to story. The, the um, there's that that trinity of the um, brother. Yeah, he's supposed to be that, and Ahsoka's supposed is yeah, feels like she's supposed, supposed to be the daughter. Like and a, Ahsoka or and Anakin is the father. Yeah, and it, that's, and it feels like I, they're go ahead, Paul. It okay. just feels like they're leading to those things so they need to he has more of a story to tell i exactly i don't want that story to just be like oh throwaway line remember that guy that tried to do this uh that didn't work i i want to see that story play out show me if it works or doesn't work don't just i I want to see the biggest thing the biggest thing that i feel bad about is ray stevenson is a was somebody who everybody loved when they worked with him. But he was somebody who loved comic books and loved these things and has this character that everybody who watches the series really loves. And he missed out like being alive to witness it, and, actually. and have yeah. that where everyone's like, oh my God, we love this character. He's great. And he could have been just that shining moment. But they said like, Oh, we're like uh, Sabine and the his apprentice, the Shinhadi. Like they're between things, and he would like play music, and he'd dance with them, and they'd he'd play their favorite songs. Like he, they said, like they said, like he made every moment fun with us, and you'd have a down, like a moment where you're just like we're not doing anything, and he would fill it with laughter and joy and people just love to be around him so what i was gonna say before and that's all touching and that's great and you know well yeah feelings i don't have them i'm paul let me talk what i would yeah but what i was gonna say is that i think the story is or the story can be that anakin breaks that that need for the trinity there's no longer a need to have the brother and daughter fighting for dominance and the father figure, you know, keeping them in line. Anakin is the chosen one. And uh, Balin straight uh, trying to figure out a way to undo the balance in order to keep the cycle from repeating is a flawed notion. We yeah, love because, an underdog, but, though, especially in Star Wars. Right. But, th- but also, he, Balin and the his apprentice, I can't think of her name again. Shin doesn't see, see this greater thing, though. She's like, but she just they wants to. Are, yeah. they she are drank named, the Kool-Aid. 
they are named after the wolves of Ragnarok, who are there to destroy. Like that's their names. Mm-hmm. Like so, they're meant to to. They're to, to to devour the sun. Yeah. To bring endless darkness. But Balin's on a path. He even says he's like, no, this is where the cycle continues. He, this he, isn't the Ahsoka show. <laughs> I like because right. I literally we could sit here and keep keep talking. But it's, that's what's great right about it's, Ahsoka. That's why it's the best show. It's number one for 2024, 2023. But that that's why I liked this show because it did set up, you know, what could come next. And I don't want them to just be like, well, now we can't do a what comes next because we did suffer this tragic loss because. The seeds are planted for something that can be very engaging and interesting. And, like, we've just been talking about, like, what we would love to see or want to see or where we think it's going to go for, like, ten minutes now. Like, that's great. Like, give me give me that. Uh, and what would you – what are you picking for your number one show, Chris? I, I am picking something. I don't know if you guys watched it. John, I think you probably would have been the one. Paul's already shaking his shaking head. Shaking his head no. Um, I'm going with The Last of Us. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is a show based off of the Sony PlayStation video game from Naughty Dog Studios. A game that I never played, but as soon as the show was announced, starting Pedro Pascal, I'm like, I knew this was a fan favorite game just from my time working at GameStop. I was like, okay, I need to play this game. Like, I need to be aware of what I'm getting into because I knew the basics of it in the lead up. And I, I hate that I played like maybe two hours of the game before the show came out. The show was so engaging enough that I was along for it. And I feel like I did see everything that I would see had I finished the game. Um, also this year at Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando, they did have a Last of Us house which took place at, like, a a point in the game, and I got enough from the show and the game that I was able to be like, hey, that's Joel. Hey, that's Ellie. Hey, clickers. Like, I, I saw things, and I'm like, cool. I like this. And then when I went to go back to play more of the game, because I did enjoy what I had played of it. You know, I, I am a survival horror fan just because one of the first games I ever got on my playstation when i got it was resident evil resident evil like as soon as the resident evil 2 came out i had that resident evil 3 i played that resident evil 4 did not come out on playstation eventually it came out on playstation 2 <laughs> i was able to play it so i i love that style of game and getting into last of us i did enjoy it but by the time i was like all right let me circle back into playing it because sidebar, I played a lot of Diablo three when that or Diablo four when that launched, so that kind of took my uh, video game time. So when I went back to Last of Us, I was like, oh, I don't remember the controls, I don't remember like my gameplay loop for it. So like I was at a point where I was like, I I don't remember how to sneak around and throw my bricks at people and like loop around, stab them in the neck with the shit. Like I. It's on me that I didn't know where I was going, but I feel like that doesn't matter because I got enough Last of Us from watching the show that I was like, wow, I could probably buy 
Last of Us 2 and be like, all right, let me start again and continue on with the story. Last of Us 2 is great, and it's, I think, possibly a better game than the first one, story-wise. Mm. But you missed out, Chris, because I was watching it week to week. I don't, were you watching it week to week, or were you watching it after it had come out? Uh, I was watching it after, because I had gotten... Uh, maybe this counts as pirating. I had gotten someone's login information to sign into Amazon to watch, watch this as it was coming out. So I would watch the episode, and then between episodes, I would play the game up until the point where I where the show ended. I would stop there at that story beat. So I played the game again because I had played it through. Uh, the game came with my PS4 when I got my PS4. So I played it through before, probably twice. But when I was watching the show... I was playing the game along with it and it was so much, it was actually so much fun and it was fun seeing the difference between what happens in between those, those story things and how close they stay to the game Mm. and they stay incredibly close to the game. Um, Aside from um, episode three or four or whatever, when they, um, like the breakaway, the um when they uh Ron Swanson. Get, yeah. That episode. Um but other than that, everything else stays in close incredibly close. The only complaint I have about the show is not enough dead. Not enough their zombie characters or clickers or whatever you want to call it. There just needed to be a little bit more of them getting into I more scrapes. Because that. the game is so much of, I don't have any bullets. I'm stuck here. I have Ugh, to kill. Keep picking up these gears, though. I, I have to kill, like, eight things, and I have three bullets and two shivs. How am I going to sneak through this? And you Where... don't have that. You don't have that tension that the game is so good at building and sneaking through and doing all that, you don't have that in the game. You have that big that big thing when they're getting out of that city. Yeah. And that's really cool, but it's also, like, so small. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it, and I do want to continue on with the game, but it's going to be one of those things where I need to, like, start the game, and then, like, after playing it for 20 minutes, I'm like, I remember this, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I can get back into it. Um because I, I loved it. Pedro Pascal, like, it's a meme at this point where it's like, oh, you need an, an older man to play the father figure to, like, the magic child. Like, oh, you get Pedro Pascal. I'm fine with that. Yeah. He's he's great. People just like him. I'm, I'm a person. I'm one of those people. You put him in something, like, yeah, I'm down. He's wonderful in um, the Nicolas Cage movie, The Incredible... I still need to watch that. Yeah. The Crushing Weight of... Witness Being or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk about my number one because Chris hasn't seen it, and you haven't seen it, Paul. Uh, but it is Hulu's The Bear Season 2. Uh, exceptional, great show. Better than the first season. Um, they really... 
all the characters that they introduced in the first season, they they really do them justice on making those characters grow and stand up. And then the titular character who's called the bear digresses like he doesn't grow as everyone else does and he stays really hard in his bubble and he's losing everything as all these other people around him that he helps grow yet he doesn't uh fantastic uh exceptional show um and it's a it's i watched this show with my mother-in-law we watched the bear season one together and week to week we watched uh season two and both of us were like, season two is is so good, and the growth of Richie and all the other characters just just fucking fantastic. So the Bear season two is my pick, my number one pick. I thought Ted Lasso was your number one. No, I said I. Well, you were gone. I was like, I want to talk about Ted Lasso season okay. three. I'm surprised Paul didn't pick it, and then we talked about it because gotcha. I just wanted to talk about Ted Ted Lasso. Because it would be up there as one of my picks. Paul, you muted your mic, so nobody can hear you. Uh, John, do you think uh, an Italian beef sandwich is better than a beef on whack? Uh, you know, I haven't had a true Italian beef, so I couldn't tell you. Have you tried to, since you watched The Bear, though, you've seen them put thousands of them together. It looks great. It looks like it's got more, it's more than just roast beef on a Kimowick roll. But with, also with the, uh, what, gardenia? Yeah, the gardenia, the dipped, all of that. I would probably say I love a juicy sandwich. Mm-hmm. I love a sandwich that when I take a bite, I can also suck off. <laughs> yeah, so you take that, that out. You take that bite and you give a, <laughs> well, you do it. Is that why you called me Philly the whole time we lived together? <laughs> uh, no, I called you that fine, Philly cheesesteak. Look at this fine Philly over I here. Called you, I called you a rye dip because the, the one time you did have a Philly cheesesteak, you, you stunk up the car on the ride home from Philadelphia, just like the rye dip did to the apartment. So. <laughs> You're welcome. Guys. I think- I, I, all I know is that now I have a I have a three-way uh, title here to go through. Uh, beef on Weck, Philly cheesesteak, Italian beef. Mm. <laughs> well, Paul, have yeah. you started one of these yet? Uh, movies? Yes. Yeah, yeah he has. Movies. Okay. Chris, John, have you started yeah. one? Yes. Chris, yeah. you start one. I get to start one. Oh, man. Um, we already talked about Haunted Mansion a little bit, so I don't think I can pick that one. So, uh, I think for my number three movie, I'm going to start with something that I did watch after the fact. Um, I didn't watch it until it popped up on Amazon. I'm going to say my number three movie is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Because this was a hell of a lot of fun, and I'm kind of sad that it took for me to be like off from work and like up early in the morning, I was like, oh, I already did the things I need to do. Like, let me just put on something and like grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting down and being like, oh, shit, this is this is fun. Uh, Yeah, this would probably be like my number four or number five. I had a lot of fun with with Dungeons and Dragons and I 
do it's one of those movies I do want a sequel. Like I'd yeah. love to see more. I think they captured that world and those characters perfectly in a fun heist way. Yeah. You know, and Paul, like you haven't seen it. Nope. It's Paul. Paul it's well, a it's so roll fun. out the blueprint. This is how we're going to pull the heist fun oh, movies. It's it is. I would say it's Paul approved. Nice. And you should watch it on whatever it's streaming, probably on like four different things. So it's I you can probably just buy the DVD for like 10 bucks at Target. It's great. I. I loved it so much and I. I didn't think I was going to, but it's the reviews of the movie being like, no, like this is, this is something you should watch if you're a fan of that kind of genre fiction or RPGs, like <laughs> check it out. And I was not let down at all. Like my dad loves it. So, Oh, Paul. And my dad's like, trust you guys your dad come over and watch it. Like as, as soon as he watched it, he's like, Paul, do you and Kate want to come over and watch this movie? I'm like, well, yeah, when we find time, like, when do you want to do it? He's like, oh, uh, you know, just let us know. And it's like, okay, then we're never so, doing it. There's it's a so movie. Much it's a movie that it's like anyone says, like, hey, I've never seen that. Uh, I'd like to see it. Well, we could watch it right now. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things that you'd go like, yeah, right now. Let's do it. Let's I'll watch it with you. So I love the fact that, like, Chris Pine's, like, bard character hates the paladin guy. And there's that moment where, like, the paladin's, like, marching off on his own. He's like, oh, he's coming up to a to a rock what's he gonna do is like oh nope he's he's just marching over it it's you fun. know that's that's all ad-libbed was so it they, they never called cut so that guy just kept walking and chris pine just is like started just he just started doing that on the on the thing they're like oh it's great we'll keep it all yeah duke from bridgeton it works uh, uh john yeah what's your uh, number three my number three, uh, most of the movies that I saw in theater this year, I saw with my son. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem is my number third. My number three, I think it is a great Ninja Turtles story. It's different enough than what we've had before. I really like the art style. I love that they cast actual young teenage kids to voice the characters and then had every single comedic actor doing voices of all the other characters in it. Um, but yeah, uh, Seth Rogen, Aaron Goldberg did a great job of bringing these characters back, even though they've never gone away. Every, I think every generation of kids has, since we were young and they did they put the movies out and the cartoons every generation has some form of ninja turtles um and the best version of those is like the 2012 nickelodeon ninja turtles with uh sean austin as Raphael, um and uh i can't think of the other actors who did the voices but they took what we Elijah Wood. No, it's oh. uh, the redheaded guy f that did um, Scott Evil. He was oh, Seth Le Green. Seth Green. He was Leonardo after um, uh, Biggs from American Pie. He only lasted like one or two seasons, and then they brought him in. Um, 
And the, but they um, that 2012 took everything that we watched as our kids and redid it and did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is another great telling of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story with a really interesting art style, fun art style. This is on my list of things to watch because I I love Ninja Turtles and just that nostalgia of it. And the fact that the reviews of it have been so great lets me know, like, yes, like, I'm vindicated. Like, childhood B should be raising his arms above his head like, yes. Um, I, I definitely want to watch it. And I'm sad that I haven't yet to, to add yeah. on to this because I'm sure I would have had a lot to say. Um this year, Yanni and I did have a trip up to Buffalo uh, to hang out with you guys. And one of the things that we did during this trip is we stayed at my mom's house. And part of that was going through old pictures and big Rubbermaid totes of stuff where we found my old childhood scrapbook. And in that scrapbook were a lot of drawings and elementary school journal entries about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> mm-hmm. that literally that's all I cared about as a kid. And man, if younger me knew that I had dropped the ball so much that I have not watched this yet, I, I would just be ashamed. Yeah. You also oh. gave my son all your Happy Meal toys. I, I did. That was the thing. I still had them. Th- uh, those changeables them. are worth a lot of money. So tell him to take care of those. because well, He loves them. He treats them right. No, he he can play with them because I play the shit out of those, but those are actually worth the money now. <laughs> Who would have thought? But, right? Paul, you put a finger up. Oh, I was just putting a finger up because, you know, just getting tired. I needed oh. to hold my head up. But, no. Uh, uh, my number three is going to be uh, The Little Mermaid live-action movie uh, because it hit Disney Plus for free. I was excited to see it. Uh, do I think it was as good as Aladdin live action? Eh, probably not, but I think it serves its purpose. I think it's additive to the story. I think it uh, flushes out Prince Eric a little bit more. I think it gives uh, Ariel a little bit different of a context. I think it's enjoyable. I think my nephews and nieces, if they grow up watching this version, they'll be like, oh, the animated version is the Cliff Notes. Whereas I... If I'm going to go watch Little Mermaid, all I want is the clip notes. I just want that. I want the member berries, you know. Remember? I, I want the member berries. I want. I want that nostalgia. So, uh, I enjoyed it. I think it was a very good adaptation <laughs> of the original. Uh, so yeah, that's my number three. Uh, this is one also on my watch list. I have not checked it out yet. Mostly, and we talked about this with the summer movie bracket buster i kind of started writing off the live action adaptations of disney stuff because they were somewhat lacking but when this one became like the box office surprise i was like all right well maybe i'm i'm wrong for taking that stance uh i'll i'll go back at some point i'll catch up i don't like melissa mccarthy uh my hate is true it's strictly because uh, she was nominated for an Emmy alongside uh, Amy Poehler for her role as Leslie Nope. 
Amy Poehler did not win because Melissa McCarthy won for her Mike well, and Mindy, whatever it was. It's like it was a sitcom where it's like, hey, we're both big people. That's funny, uh, right? That, uh, that that won even Emmy. Suki St. James from Gilmore Girls. No, because that was ten years uh, before. Amy Mike, Mike and Mindy. Was, yeah. yeah, I I don't know. Like I, Parks and Rec holds a very soft spot in my heart, and the fact that. Amy Poehler was not recognized for that. It it cuts deep, and, and you know I'm gonna forever hold that grudge against Melissa McCarthy for it. Even though I didn't mind her in in Ghostbusters subtitle, I thought she was the worst was. part of Ghostbusters. I I did not hate that movie. Actually, as much no, as it, some was, uh, did. it was it uh, was what's her name? Um, no, I I whoever SNL. you're saying I. They're all from SNL. I do not agree with you, whoever you're going to say, because uh, Leslie Jordan, fantastic in it. Kate McKinnon, great. Kate McKinnon is great. It's uh, what's her name? Because she played such a dud. Um, oh, my gosh. She uh, was trying to be the straight person, but not. She was but the she cheetah. Was really what's the her name? Person. I'm blanking. Yeah. I can't think of it. I, I feel bad. No. Ghostbusters, yeah. a new class, whatever it was called. Not terrible. Not great. It doesn't live up to the nostalgia of Ghostbusters in my mind, but no. Mike and Mindy. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, yeah. She's great. Because she was supposed to be the straight person, but she also was going for the laughs. Whereas, like, Egon Spangler. All straight. Played straight, yeah. Yeah. He got laughs because he was weird. Yeah. Abbott and Costello. Somebody needs to be the Abbott. To the Costello. I don't know which one was which. I still don't. Well, Paul, uh, yeah, I don't know enough. Who's your Abbott to your Costello for your number two? Ooh, my number two. Oh, my goodness. I had it. I had. It. Uh, let me look at the doc real quick. Uh, Haunted, oh, it's a uh, Haunted Mansion. It's fine. No, Haunted Mansion is my number one. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's Mission Impossible that, uh, they're recommending part one. It's uh, it's a movie franchise that I'm like, Dad, let's go see this movie. We're going to have a fun time. And I'm there watching it. And my dad is loving the movie so much. He has to talk to me about it during the movie. And we're in the theater. Ooh. I know. I'm like, Dad, it's okay. We can talk after. Yeah. He's just so excited to, to explain to me how train cars work. <laughs> like yeah if if you just decouple one the it, the pressure it, it's a it's a uh it's a pressurized system so like we're watching a movie right now i don't have time for this dissertation <laughs> like yeah but he's just so excited about it all and i'm loving it all the action scenes are great uh i think it starts off slow there's a lot of things that I didn't love about it, and that's why it's not my number one. Well, it do is you think more. that's why part two is like being pushed back? Maybe just this yeah, wasn't the the box office like behemoth that they thought it was going to be. No, it's because they all these movies, uh, McCormick, uh, Chris McCormick, right, the director, and also uh, Tom Cruise have said that they design these movies with like they come up with a cool stunt. Another cool stunt. And then the movie happens around a third, it. And a third cool stunt. And then they write the movie around those stunts. Like, 
those action scenes are what like those are the linchpins everything's in service of getting those like things to happen um and they're great they're a lot of fun to watch those action sequences uh i thought the action sequence of him like with the motorcycle up the ramp and then parachuting out wasn't as cool as like climbing up uh the bridge kadifa the, the tallest, uh, well, you also like you saw so much about that stunt before you got to see it and Did most I? of the time I, I would say yes as someone had, has didn't. not seen this yeah but you heard about it because everybody was talking about it it was it was out there all about that stunt before the movie mm-hmm. where every other movie you saw the stunt happen and then you got to see stuff about it you know how you uh don't see stuff about a movie don't see any movies if you don't see a movie you don't get spoiled about the movie you want to see uh <laughs> <laughs> simple yeah it's simple. simple and then when your friend says hey this guy's gonna star as this person and you go who that <laughs> and you're like and then your friend says oh He's not been in anything you've seen, Paul. You're like, exactly. Uh, but the star of my number two movie is someone that you have seen, Paul, because it's Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the movie you think it is. It's Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I, I've probably watched this movie 10 to 12 times this year. And every time I watch it with my son, I'm like, yeah, this is a great movie. I love this movie. This is great. Uh, I've also hooked up my Super Nintendo. I play Super Mario Brothers with my son. Um, We have sons like, oh, this is a baby's game. You got to use your hands. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's like for a four year old. He's able to beat the first level by himself uh tough thing to do like i i got a i got my nintendo when i was like five or six yeah and super mario brothers it's not easy it's easy to me now because i've played it for almost 40 years but for him i'm like hey bud you just gotta practice just keep playing like you gotta get your buttons down which one to hit and um but the movie's the movie's great. It's a lot of fun. It looks great. Um and this the story's a lot of fun. I I have no problem with the fact that I've seen it 12 times since the spring. Like Yeah, we paid to see this in theaters and I know there was a lot of blowback because they're like Mario Chris Pratt and I was like boo it's fine. Like nothing about his performance, like detracted from the movie. Like he's, no, he's just a guy. And I think that's the whole thing about Mario. Just like, he's, he's a guy. And like, if you remove what you think about, like the Charles Martinet, like it's a key. Ooh, let's go. Like, and they, there's nothing wrong with, with Mario just being like, Oh, Hey, Oh, what? Mushroom kingdom. Where's my Ma- brother? Mamma mia. Um, and they honor, they honor him by having him as the father. They have him as the the guy in the pizza shop. Like mm-hmm. they they honor him as the voice of Mario in that movie. 
but give you a new voice. And I think Chris Pratt actually does a really good job as a Mario in it. No, this was fun. My only complaint about this movie is I really like Charlie Kelly as Luigi. And it was like the Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Charlie Kelly is his character on Always Sunny. Sorry, you're right. I really like those cutaways to him being locked up and sealed away. You give me, like, the sequel, Luigi's Mansion, and I'm there. Like, you have my $12. Like, I'm seeing this movie. I was really hoping you'd get a side, like, when he finds that castle and everything, that he becomes brave on his own Mm. in their Luigi's Haunted Mansion. Yeah, he's got, like, the ghost vacuum. Yeah. Like, he finds his own way through there and becomes brave in his own way, in a way that he can be like, Mario, you don't know what I was up against in that thing. Like, so, yes, I agree with that versus just being the coward right up until the end of the movie. No, this this was a lot of fun. Like, I I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought it was going to. And then I applaud it for being what it is because it, it went far in our movie bracket yeah yeah and this is one of those things that like i'm trying to get my son not to watch youtube so i want to put a tv show or a movie on and he's like no 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 i'm like i'm just putting mario brothers on and i put it on like it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things now it's just like all else fails mario brothers nice you know it never fails our number one pick my number two john Oh, I just knew it yet. There's been a lot of beer, Chris. That's fine. I'm drinking Fireball now. It's all, it's all <laughs> gravy, baby. Oh. Uh, Chris, Chris, Paul opened another beer. I I didn't know if he opened another one because he made it a very apparent. He was drinking something else. I couldn't tell if it was another beer or if he went back to his. Saranac. No, no, it's a Saranac uh, Southern uh, Season's Best. This is their Nut Brown Lager. It's, uh, it's okay. It's not bad. It came in the variety pack. Of uh, Christmas beers. This is the thing that I brought with me to all those Christmas parties I went to. And I would go and hit this heavily and not drink so much of the Founders Ginger Spice Barreled and Nice. Because that was a heavy boy. And this I could just drink like one, two or three of, you know, anything of these. Uh, It's not a bad nut brown, but no, it's it's okay. It's a nut brown. It's it's passable. Yeah, that, that's all I expect from a nut brown. Yep, that's all I'm I expect. I'm never going to be Saranac. floored by one. Like, like, yeah. Oh, the uh, rogues, uh, rogue, nut brown. The, the hazelnut, hazelnut brown. brown, and also smutty nose. Smutty Those nose nut brown's good. Um, the old brown dog. It's just a brown ale. I don't think it's a nut brown. Oh. Cigar City's Maduro is a great brown ale. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, you're number one. Number two. My number two. Number two. Number two. Come on. I looked at the clock. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I got like two more hours in me, boys. Um, I'm going back to one of my favorite film franchises. And it may have, I don't want to say let me down with one of the more recent entries. But it didn't live up to what has been set down before it. It's hard to live up to that when you have the man himself, Bruce Campbell, at at mm. the helm. Uh, because, boys, I'm going to Evil Dead. I love me some Rise? Evil Dead. 
I love you some Army of Darkness. I love you some Ash versus Evil Dead. And you know what I love this year? Evil Dead Rise. I think this is a great successor to the throne. It's definitely a standalone, but it draws enough on the Evil Dead that you've seen before. The 2012 Evil Dead like requel was great. It worked. But this feels more <coughs> like an Evil Dead picking up on those threads. Like It's not like a reinterpretation of someone just getting that book. It's like the next part of somebody getting that book. And I'm so happy that this movie came out. And I hope this reignited that Evil Dead fire in people where they're like, oh, like this is a viable horror franchise. We want more of this because it works so well. Uh, I was able to talk Yanni into watching like Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness because I'm like, no, they're they're goofy. Like it's from the 80s. Like. They're campy. It's fun. fun. I watched this alone. And after watching this, I was like, I I probably can't get her to watch this. And I showed her like one of the scenes from the end. uh, And she was like, nope, couldn't do it. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. It's good for me, though. Uh, This is my number two. Your lead up before you said the movie, I was like, oh, he's going to do Indiana Jones? I still haven't watched that. (laughs) Haven't seen it still. It's free on Disney Plus. Free. Quote, unquote. I'm paying for it. (laughs) Uh, But I still haven't sat down and watched it because I'm just like, reviews were okay. I'll get to it. I had fun with it. It's a fun movie. Uh, But, John, what did you have the most fun with, with your number one? (sighs) I'm going to say John Wick part four um it's a great continuation and end for that character the action stuff is just amazing in it um the dragon breath scene where it's like an aerial shot following john wick go through um this house and just shooting people up um the finale everything is really really good the fights the action everything's great in it um I'd say it's I I'd say the best movie is the first one and this like second like splitting hairs um because I was a little let down with 2 I was a, I was very let down by 3 but this like was just hands down one of the best action movies in a long time since John Wick 1 I still have and, not seen any of the John Wicks so it's on my list. Like there's there, things I, I want to get into. When you and, like, want a good shoot 'em up action movie, they're there. Um, I really like Nobody, which I think fits in the same type of action movie as those. That's the one with Bob Odenkirk. I was gonna mm-hmm. say that's the Bob Bob Odenkirk one. Paul, you're number two because we'll wrap up because you've been. No, very... I did my number two. He did. He's, number, number, your number one. Sorry, my number one is going to be Haunted uh, Mansion. I already said it. It was Haunted Mansion. Uh, as somebody that enjoys the Honda Mansion ride at Disney World, uh, Magic Kingdom, the last time I was at Magic Kingdom, I rode uh, Haunted Mansion four times. That's right. Rope dropped, then got a uh, fast pass for it, or a lightning lane, you know. Then my uh, lightning lane for Big Thunder Railroad got canceled because there was thunderstorms in the area. So we transferred that over to a Haunted Mansion. Lightning Lane. 
And then end of the night, it showed me that it only had 13 minutes for uh, wait time, which means lowest, it's a walk-on. possible wait you can get. Boom. Walk onto it four times in one day for the Haunted Mansion. So when this movie was coming out, Kate's like, oh, I'm excited to see it. Should we go to see it in the theaters? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Oh, it's on Disney+. Plus. Watched it. How fun. We've watched it uh, three times since it's been out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, once for the release, once you know for the spooky season, and once because we just wanted to watch it again. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's some great moments in it. I think it balances the spooky and comedy well. Uh, I think it deals with like just the um, karate chopping of microphones. No, that's just it's on the edge of my leather chair. It was a ghost. Oh. It's a ghost. Ghost. Uh, it deals with uh, dealing with grief well without being overly heavy-handed. I enjoyed this movie. I think it was the my favorite thing that I've seen in 2023. Uh, it's a lot of fun. As a fellow Haunted Mansion enjoyer, I hate that this movie didn't do better because there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it mm-hmm. it hits all the notes that it's trying to hit. Like, there's dumb fun to it. There's nods to the actual attractions. <clears throat> I love uh, Luke Wilson. I love Danny DeVito in it. Like, there's a lot of fun to be had with this movie, and I think this could be something that people maybe come around to in a couple of years, like after it's available on Disney Plus, and they're like, oh, like, where do you want to watch this Halloween? Oh, Haunted Mansion. Like, but you've already watched it more than I've watched the original Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. I've seen the Eddie Murphy one like four or five I've times. I've seen it like twice, maybe three times max. I um, think twice is, is my thing. The problem with this. The problem with what? The, my number one pick? There's no problems with my number one pick. It's no, the problem with pick. it is it came out at the wrong time because it came out more towards <laughs> summer than ho- than actually Halloween. And mm. it came out against, didn't it come out like the same weekend or right before Barbie and Oppenheimer yeah. came out? Like yeah. it just had a bad, it was a bad slot. And, and it should have come out in October. Late September, October, I think it would have done a lot better and not up against two things that were already like going to be a behemoth. And um, yeah, it's 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 too bad because when it finally when it did come up on Disney Plus and I watched it, I had a great time with it. Like mm-hmm. I messaged I messaged Chris and was like, I had a lot of fun with this. And Chris was like, yeah, I loved seeing it in the theater. Yeah, like it, it was great. And. I, I hate that every movie that doesn't make a billion dollars now is like, oh, it's a failure. Like, movies can just be movies. Let it be something that yeah. you can put out. People go see it. They like it. And then it it lives on on video or streaming or however you're saying it. Like, because I think that's what this is going to be. People's viewing has totally changed. Nobody buys me. DVDs anymore. So you, there's no secondary market. You should, you should buy this video. That's fine. There's companies that aren't even doing movies. They're like Australia. They're not even sending DVDs to anymore. Mm-hmm. Target I know. And Best Buy this year are going to stop selling DVDs. Like they're just going to stop carrying them. I get it, but as someone that has, you know, just within the last like year and a half, has 
gone back to me like, no, I'm going to buy my favorite comic books physically. I'm going to go to a store. I'm going to pull something off the shelf. Walk Chris. up to walk up to a register and be like, hello, good sir. One Batman, please. Like Chris, you're becoming a boomer. I uh, <laughs> I know. I'm not, though. Like, there, there's things that people <laughs> should always, like, be okay with, like, buying. And we've seen it with Star Wars. Like, once physical media is just not a thing where someone can just be like, oh, digital only. This is the only way you can watch this. Once things start changing, getting deleted, adapted, like you lose what it was originally. And not just from like, a, oh, well, this was my Star Wars. I can't see my Star Wars anymore. I think you should be able to watch all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't just be like, oh, I want to see this scene from Star Wars. Well, I have to go onto YouTube, pull up this video from the 1977 original version of it like yeah. i should just be able to say like hey let me watch star wars as george lucas originally intended before he was like well no i never intended that this is what i wanted and before he was also then like well no this is what i wanted and then before he was like well no no now that it's streaming this is how you should see it because that's that's not the movie that i watched that's not what i love that's not what i grew up with like i, I want I think- all of it I agree with you, Chris, but I also think that it's on streaming. There's no way that eventually, three years from now, there is no non-ad available. Like, no matter what you sign up for, you're going to have ads served. Either beforehand, during, or after. Like, but what were your favorite beers served to you this year, Paul? Uh, Treehouse. Go into Treehouse. Oh, he's uh, got the hat. I got the hat on. It's to remind me what I was picking. It, it's definitely uh, going to be Treehouse Beers. It's going to the brewery, picking up all the beer, and being able to deliver it to my friends. Um, drinking. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Uh, I had a lot of fun uh, being at Treehouse and getting uh, the Julius. And also some other uh, random beers from their packs. And I say, if you can get there, there's a uh, beautiful site. Kate is like, oh, my goodness, this place is great. If it wasn't so far, we we should spend the whole day here. I'm like, yes, that would be awesome. But there's no way to spend a whole day there without getting just blitzed out of your mind. So there's no way to get home. And right now, it's not a real good, like, where they are located. It's not like. Oh, yeah. Well, they have many, many locations and soon to be one in Saratoga, New York. Yeah. And and when they're in Saratoga, that's at least a little bit more feasible to stay at and then drive home the next day versus uh, the places outside of Boston, which are like they're outside of Boston. So there's not that many hotels. It's not like it's an ubiquitous like, oh, yeah, just throw a stone. Here you are like. You would have to plan your day very well. So, yeah, Treehouse Brewery. Anything, uh, I'm going to say Julius, favorite beer, just because that's the one that I was able to get the most of, drink the most of, and share the most of this year. Yeah. John? Are we doing a one, two, and three, or are we just picking a, a brewery I'm, or a beer? Or? 
whatever you guys have, because as someone that uses Untapped, I get the <laughs> year-end updates. Oh, okay. That tell me my favorite beers, but if you don't have that. Oh, if you don't <laughs> check into your beers, I, I can probably just like pick a favorite. Because I can do I can do three if we want to. Paul did Treehouse. This is one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Had a great thing. Uh, so my uh, my number three is actually a beer that I just had. It's a it's a New York State brewery. It's just getting into our area, and this is the Drowned Lands Brewery. And I had their Sand and Clay uh, Double IPA, and it was excellent. Um, I had that for Christmas dinner, uh, given a can by a distributor who was like. You're going to be able to carry this in the coming year, but here's a can to try them before before the new year. And um, excellent, excellent IPA. Um, I think it's going to be something that you'll probably be hearing a lot about from me in the, the next year. Uh, my number three is a beer that I had many of. I only checked into it three times on my untapped. Uh, but this is going to be Crick Can's Bloody Murder IPA. And this is a beer that was available at this year's Halloween Horror Nights, mm. uh, brewed specifically and especially for Universal Studios as one of their offerings that they had. And it was such a delightful IPA with just a nice, bright, like blood orange, like bitter to it. Uh, this was kind of my go-to beer this year. Like they always have like a blonde ale. They have an Oktoberfest. They have a pumpkin beer, but I tried to drink a lot of like the specialty cocktails that they had this year and something that would cut through that sweetness uh, at the end of every single one of them was the bloody murder IPA. It was just like a nice palate cleanser that would prepare me for what I was drinking next. Uh, that'll be my number three. Uh, my number two was a favorite from years past and Firestone brought it back. Mm. Wookie Jack, black rye IPA, six packs. Uh, and it was excellent. It was great to have it again. It was as good as I remembered it. Unlike Chocavesa, which was completely awful. Um, with this time around, but Wookie Jack, amazing. Uh, I'm trying to hold up my Untapped because again, everything I watch is on streaming. Everything I do is checked into. Companies know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Untapped has sent me like my beers. Um, Wookie Jack was like my third <laughs> number five mm-hmm. beer because. The, one, two, three, four, five. There were five beers that I gave like five star ratings. Um, Wiki Jack was the number three. So I'm going to ape yours because delightful. I wish there was more of that style that just came out, but there's not. Yeah. My oh. number two is going to be going to Froth Brewery with all of you guys. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Froth. Boo. Because- it's I can't drink it. I just can't drink that. I just I just can't handle it. It's there. There's just too much pulp, too much. But uh, let me tell you, I have give an me samplers, boy. give <laughs> me samplers and getting those wing nuts, uh, wings, delicious. 
What a great time. I've been saying to those wings. And then even when you got your first one, you were like, meh. And by the third one, you were like, okay, Okay. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yanni does not like, well, did not like chicken wings. And, you know, growth through immersion. At the end of that trip, she now eats now eats wings and she signed up for like wing nuts mailing list so she gets <laughs> updates from them so that's a win it's their new location went. right around the corner from my house i feel like the froth one wasn't even that far it wasn't that far but this one's even closer uh All right. so number, number two ones? everyone's everyone did their number twos number yep, ones yep. paul my number one it's so hard to choose because every beer he's drank, he puts out a, like a four. No, uh, one, uh, one-eyed cat. Okay. Went there twice to the brewery. Had a fun time both times we went. Uh, once with uh, the, the gang here. Once with uh, us getting other, uh, the treehouse beers, <laughs> you know, uh, distributed uh, earlier this year. Uh, they're cur- uh, fried cur- uh, cheese curds, delicious. And also, they do some specialty beers that you can't get anywhere else. Johnny, keep on telling me that that's not happening anymore, right? Like, they don't. I haven't been there since they've changed a lot of stuff up and the head brewer had left. So I, I actually, and they their hours got really weird. They stopped doing brunch on Sundays, and that's when we went the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I've it's, only it's, been there twice. Cute little place, like only like six tables maybe. Um, good time. They used to do like just like the bitter, the old English bitters, which was good. Uh, Zen, ale. the cream ale was really, I, was good. I love that cream ale. So, uh, yeah, I, I had a blast. I think it was low key, which I'm kind of looking for in a brewery. Like it's just a chill hangout spot. You could do what you wanted. Just, you know, buy some beer, hang out with friends, be chill. One Night Cat. Yeah, I agree. One Night Cat is great. Uh, my number one, though, is going to be the Hazon from Prison City. Uh, probably my favorite brewery of this year. Um, and uh, their Hazon is the one I've rated the highest. Um, and their regular Mass Riot, I think, is an absolutely excellent beer. Hazon though just delivered like delivered more. It was just uh super solid, really loved it. And um I haven't had anything from that brewery that I haven't thought was excellent. Um it was a toss up between the Hazon and their cream ale because I was blown away by how good their cream ale was. It's something that I recommended to people. I was like, eh, you you got to try their cream ale. And they'd come back and they'd be like, that was a really good beer. Like, um, but yeah, Prison City, their Hazon, anything from Prison City would probably be one of my number ones. Uh, after having that IPA today, I'm so excited for whatever I can have from them, like coming up in the future whether it's something you guys send down to me because I don't get them here, or <laughs> if we go back up and if I see something available to pick up, like would we buy beer for like a board game night or like a podcast night? Like that IPA, like it wowed me. Like that was delicious. And, you know, I have a lot of local breweries 
they do a lot of IPAs. A lot of those IPAs are good, but that Princeton City one is better. And like, I don't know how far uh, Auburn, New York, is from Buffalo. Uh, but it's about two to th- two and a half to three hours. Okay, so it's, it could it's be in a the decent fin- enough. It's in Finger. It's in the Finger Lakes. Do you go Ithaca or Prison City? Like, if you have the choice. Oh, oh, I would go Prison City hands down. Yeah. <laughs> Their brew pub, uh, which is the original spot, is really cool. And then they've opened up a new facility where they reason we can get their beers now is because they can produce out of there. And that place is supposed to be really, really cool. But their brew pub's got excellent food. Um, and they'll seat you. There were plenty of tables. And we went in there, um, Caitlin, her sister, and our my brother-in-law. And they seated us in the brew room. They have a table. You're surrounded by the tanks where they do all the brewing. And there's beers in the in there. And we got to sit in there and and eat dinner it was it was really fun and 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 cool that that's just something they do and it wasn't something that i was like oh i work for blah 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 like i'm a beer guy it was just like oh yeah here we'll just seat you in here and then they're like uh don't touch anything (laughs) and i was like oh i can't drink out of the bright tank and they're like no yo when we were at cigar city they let me do the cigar city Guys aren't as that, cool. That's when John should have flexed on him. You were going to finish up, John. Sorry. No, I was going to throw it to you. So. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of talked about it before with my Cigar City pick from Halloween Horror Nights. I love me a theme park exclusive beer. I spend a lot of time going to the theme parks. Like, we try to go to a theme park or do something theme park adjacent, like, once a week. Um. Out of nowhere, Universal launched two new beers in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter from Carib Brewing here in Florida. Uh, the, Dark, the Dark Forest Ale and the Daisy Root Draft. And both of them are worthwhile additions to the lineup, uh, whether you're Islands of Adventure or Universal Studios. But the Dark Forest Ale is just a delightfully sweet multi-brown uh, ale. I absolutely love it, and I think these are both winners, so they're like side-by-side picks. I like the fact that Carib and Universal are teaming up to brew beers specific for these theme parks. I love the fact that they're doing different beer styles. It's not just like, oh, here's a Pilsner, here's a Lager, here's a stuff. Like, they are doing different stuff. That now, depending on however you feel, like whatever your flavor profile is as a beer drinker, you have something that you can probably latch onto. Like bringing a brown ale with a dark forest ale, bringing a golden ale with the daisy root draft. Fantastic. Like they're not just being like, okay, what's a beer that people are going to drink? Oh, well, people like beer. Make a lager. Make another lager. Like. They could go the easy way, but they're like, no, we have a golden ale. We have a brown ale. We have a red ale. We have a scotch ale. We have a citrusy IPA with the uh, Ila Nuba. Like, they're brewing beer for beer fans that just are going to a theme park. Is everybody going to be getting those beers? No, because they still have stuff like beer 
Bud Light or Coors Light and like the bottles. Mm-hmm. But man, if you're a beer fan, Universal's the place to go because you've got probably about like 10 exclusive theme park beers that you can try there, and they're all really good. And Paul, you get to try them soon. 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 Under a month. Under a month. Under a month. But yeah, that's it. Uh, we can wrap it up because it's 105 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go to bed at 930 normally. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. But guys, hey, it's been a great year talking about beers, movies, comic books, TV shows, and games with y'all. Yeah. Uh, I look I look forward to the next year, which... Marvel Snap! What a great game. I'm still Thanks playing Marvel Snap. Uh, we didn't talk about games. John, I'm still playing Godzilla Battle Lines like, every couple days. Like, I, I check into it. I get, like, 12 new updates and, like, unlock, like, new boxes. And then I'm like, I just want to play this game. I do, like, my two, three matches, and like, I don't play it for four game, like, days, like... Paul. I log in. I log in every day because you get free stuff every day. Paul, you you got big shoes to fill. Godzilla size shoes, I would say. I'm I'm sorry. You guys got to pick something because I I I gave you my my next pick, Vampire Survivor. If you want to steal it, go for it. He doesn't. He doesn't pick it, Chris. Like it's fine. Like it's it's fine. But listener, hey, we hope you had a great 2023. Let us know what you loved about this year. Let us know if we turned you on to something. Maybe uh, we let you know about a movie, TV show, beer, comic book, game, uh, and and you're feeling it now. Email us, at gmail.com. Comment on any of the social media posts for these episodes.